0: much longer right if you lick my bottle
1: hey we'll have well, a new one soon what's <laughs> up yeah we'll have a new Ooh. one soon assuming next tuesday goes well and we actually get our partnership back we'll, uh, yeah, cross your fingers for us everyone and if everybody. we don't get our partnership back we burn it all down
0: okay i mean i'm just <laughs> talking about my room and brian's room just everything to the ground (laughs) (laughs) greetings happy thursday all of you thanks for coming and hanging out with us again today uh see everybody over in the chat uh gonna have a great day today we've got lots of fun you know what'd be cool is like if you did that to your armpit like
1: that would have been funny what was that this is uh this is my uh this thing that (laughs) keeps my lungs open i am sick everybody Oh. oh That's right. You're not yeah. feeling good, man. I'm sick. I got the, I got the bronch. Pretty you sure I got bronch. stop the bronc. touching children, honestly. I'm going. That's a weird thing to say. I mean, when they're sick. Yeah. So t- touch them when they're not sick. That's what. Yeah. That's what that's, I heard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the dogs tomorrow, so I'll know exactly what's wrong with me. I've had too much caffeine this morning. I had to get up early. I, my, my family is actually at a camp out and uh, which about I don't know, like forty miles away. So I'm coming here in the morning but I had to get like five o'clock in the morning to be here so I've had like a really long morning like a weird awkwardly long morning so forgive me if I say some things that I probably shouldn't say yeah that's uh that's every week bro it's okay (laughs) so what are we talking about today Brian we've got um uh we have Stargate
1: news sort of sort of hopefully potentially we're hoping we're praying (laughs) we're on our knees (laughs) please it's kind of like one of those
0: gut feeling things, right?
1: Yeah, it really is. Um <laughs> someone messaged us on someone messaged us on Twitter. Oh my gosh. And uh sent us a link to this article which we're going to talk about. Oh, excuse me. We're, we're going to talk about about Amazon doing an uh, a couple of presenta- special presentations at NYCC. And to be honest, NYCC uh New York Comic Con has been uh has sort of taken over as the go-to place for announcements and stuff because San Diego Comic-Con just absolutely blows now. Actually, to be fair, I think San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con is more like what Comic-Con was supposed to be like. Right. Um, but we we just we're not getting a lot of announcements anymore. Um so we're hoping that's the case. We don't know what Amazon can possibly be showing new announcements for like they're there, and we're gonna go read read through it, but basically it was like uh, new announcements for fan favorites. You're like what? So we're gonna talk about that. Also, a lot of small stories on Warp Factor News today. That should be fun. Oh yeah. And I love what Shane the Shane wrote in our run of show. He wrote just box office bullshit. <laughs> no, I thought that was the name.
0: Like, remember last week we were having problems with the name because you like you got mad at me because I, I called it box office what breakdown or something like that or what was it box office news or something stupid i don't know i said i'm all in this week box office bullshit that's what we're gonna call it can we do
1: that i i mean i guess we can i mean why not yeah also quantum leap season two episode one it took them all of about uh 10 minutes to start checking boxes this season this episode so (sighs) jesus this is gonna be fun to talk about and well yeah yeah listen if if you you went to college and you're trying to get a good job somewhere.
2: You're, was- off. you're wasting
1: your time, bitch. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen
1: to me, kiddos. You're just wasting your time. You're everyone. wasting your fucking time. Okay. <laughs> Go to McDonald's and get a job flipping burgers and you'll be making a lot more money than I do. <laughs> Especially in California. In about six years. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, we'll be talking about that later today. Thank you, Governor. God, I'm not, my, uh... not getting into
1: politics, but
0: let's destroy small business, shall we? My my throat is
1: so messed up.
0: <laughs> uh, we're also with some great inf- news that just popped. Uh, some 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 dudes, some uh, some STEM dudes, uh, jumped a job fair for women and non-binary, non-binary, non-binary men. Is it
1: non-binary mm. men or non-binary women? No, technically, or is
0: being non-binary mean you're neither?
1: Yeah, if you said you, <clears throat> you can't say non-binary men because that is only referring to you know what the weird thing about non-binary is <laughs> i love how you don't answer the question and then like you're just like i don't have an answer mother- <laughs> i don't have an answer you, you, here's what really makes no sense mm-hmm. is when you're part of an organization that <clears throat> claims that there's like 78 genders or something but then you say you're non-binary which is implying so that there's only two genders Oh yeah, because bias too. You're right, and yeah. you are not one of those binary
0: genders. You are not one of those two. Is that what that means? Because I have no idea.
1: Right, as in, as in, you, you, you don't claim any specific gender, mm. but, but then, but they're part of a group that says there's like 78 genders.
0: I mean, come on. I mean, just like a moment of sanity. That's just completely unrealistic. Anyways, we'll get into it later. They um, also they,
1: they, they, they should call themselves like non uh, multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in the multiverse
2: (laughs) of of genders.
1: I don't believe in the
2: multiverse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I do not believe in the... I'm done with multiverses of genders. Um, Purple-haired feminist and the multiverse of genders. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a great movie. And that's something we're going to be talking about today is what happened to all the great movies. So that's actually a good title for today's stuff. Um, Brian, we have the pop stream, Popcast uh, Unleashed Stream Hero. Uh, if you can explain how that works so people know what to do, where to go.
1: It's pretty simple. Uh, top left is our health bar, which if you wanted to accurately describe what it really is right now, it would be somewhere in the red. <laughs> I feel like I'm dying um and basically when you donate to us uh with our our off-site super chat option which is streamlabs.com slash live um you can see the link in the top right it's also pinned in the chat I think I'm pretty sure it's in the description when you go there you can uh you can support us and talk to us and um it will knock off health of the stream hero. And when, when you knock all the health off, which I don't think it's to cost very much to do, you're officially a stream hero. The longest person that's stream hero every stream gets one of our mystery boxes. Which, right. Which it could be $3 or $100 worth of stuff. But you don't know. I mean, nothing's $3. It's possible I just spit in the box. <laughs> I was like, "There's, listen, if you're going to give him, like, a piece of gum, it's, like, $3 now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not. Um, yeah, we, we, we basically throw a bunch of cool stuff in a box, and uh, we send it out. And we have a lot of cool stuff, so. And All this right. Is what, this well. is what it looks like. Just in case. Don't go to, like, some other, like, if you see, like, Chinese characters... Or like Russian text. You're on the wrong website. Okay, That's that's not it. Don't that website's trying to steal your identity. <laughs> but go to this website. If you see Samantha Carter, you're good. Yeah. Um. Yes.
0: And we want to also shout out to all the members in the chat right now. We've got August TV123 member for two months. Thank you for being a member, August. Is LD about to get canceled? McMahon implied it. Your decks? Right. Oh, we're going to be talking about that today, guys yeah i really uh, hope we did i did hope talk I hope about not. it it's like the only star trek i like right now <laughs> star trek lower deck show did say that and we're going to be talking about it during warp factor news thank you to all the members if you want to be a member it's it's actually the cheapest thing you can buy now like i went and got <clears throat> just a coffee from starbucks this morning like nothing special it was 334 it's literally cheaper to be a member of our channel than to go get a cup of black coffee so why are you going to
2: starbucks good. dude like, because you, I was on you know,
0: the
1: road, dog. Like, what am I supposed to do, huh? Like, you know what, bro? Do what I do. I took a, ker- do do? a Keurig and I hooked it up to a car battery, and it's in my car.
0: <laughs> you're you're that kind of guy, so that's cool.
1: What I do is I just I just buy the K cups and I suck on them now.
0: <laughs> Swish it around in your mouth a little bit of water. Um. Anyway, so hopefully you guys are doing great out there, and as we get going on the weekend, so let's talk a little Stargate. We don't get a lot of time, ta- a lot of opportunities to talk Stargate. And um, we think now that the now that the writers strike is over, the 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 actors are still striking. But this week we got some pretty good news. There was uh, because they were continuing to meet that signified that there was definitely some progress going on with the actors strike. So we're expecting kind of an end to that happen soon. Uh, But uh, despite all that going on, New York Comic Con is having its event on October 13th, which is only eight days away. Right, Brian?
1: It's only eight days away, yes,
0: and as we talked about earlier, it's sort of the san Diego East
1: version, right? I don't know which one came first, but oh san San Diego came first for sure <clears throat> i'm sorry okay my, my my brain just stopped, and i need to, I need to pull it up yeah san diego san diego comic con uh did come first um and at first, if you recall, comic con was about comic books. Specifically, it was about comic books and buying and selling and you know, you know uh, celebrating comic books, right? And what happened was uh, at some point because what happened. movies and TV started <laughs> using comic books as as storylines and started to get more and more about movies and TV and cosplay and all that stuff. And,
0: well, that's where you could reach the fans. So, and the more and more people start going, the more, yeah. It was just a way to reach everybody. It became a marketing blitz, a marketing bonanza. Anyways, um, so that's going to be happening in New York on October 13th. And it just so happens that Amazon put out a release.
1: Excuse me for a second here. Yeah, and this is the release. And uh, what they said was, Amazon Prime Video is one of the heavyweights of the pop culture, TV, and movie world. So of course Why are you they're... reading like that? <laughs> do that again. Hey, uh do you know how to talk like one of those fifties people? Amazon is one of the heavyweights of the pop culture <laughs> TV world. So of course they're planning to be at New York Comic Con. You sound like one of those <laughs> like uh, Kentucky Derby announcers. The or... streaming service is hosting two hour a two hour panel. A two hour panel. I'm gonna stop doing this, it's not my throat. A two-hour panel at the NYCC 2023, promising a special presentation featuring mm. exclusive first looks, first looks, and never-before-seen footage of returning fan favorite series, and and, and highly anticipated new series. Okay, <clears throat> so the thing is. It's that last sentence that gets the attention. Yeah. Yeah. First off, they bought a lot of really cool stuff when they bought MGM um, Studios. The zombie studio studio that was MGM had thousands and thousands of uh, IP. One of those IP being our beloved Stargate. Excuse me. And um, also... Robocop and James Bond, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now we do know that Robocop and and Stargate were sort of tied together, right? Um, sort of. Sort not of. Yeah. <clears throat> it, they were being talked
0: about together. Right. And and based on the way they were doing production, it was like if one goes, both goes, there'll be a green light kind of they want to do
1: both for sure. Yeah, I almost like one sense. like like both like the team the managing team might be handling both or something like that. Yeah. And if you go back to
0: uh, a few months ago, <clears throat> when we actually released a really big video talking about the fact that there was a planned announcement uh, for new Stargate uh, at Comic-Con, they were supposed to be on July 23rd, uh, but the strike uh, got in the way. So Amazon was moving forward with Stargate, even though it hasn't um, <clears throat> necessarily locked in a deal with the Expanse creators, Mark, Uh, Otsby and those guys,
1: and And, but 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 doesn't it make sense that, like, okay, we couldn't do our Comic Con stuff, so what if we what if we schedule NYCC and hopefully the strike is over by then?
0: Well, that's why we we think there's a chance that on the 13th we get an announcement because uh, as we were told by insiders that, uh, as long as it didn't go past September right then then there was a chance everything could still be back on track right that things go forward and so the strike ended in september <clears throat> so amazon was going to go forward with announcing the stargate robocop and and, and some other stuff without having uh, necessarily a showrunner locked in uh, so what happened was when this all happened and occurred we said okay well we have till the end of september the writer strike ended before the end of september and people were actually allowed to get back to work uh, even before the official back to work, which is coming up here pretty pretty quickly. So what we realized was okay. Well, if that's enough time, based on what we were told, then there's a chance they still may come out. Plans may not have changed at all for Amazon because it just didn't last. Even though the strike lasted several months, it just wasn't long enough to maybe derail everything. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Our source did say that um, if the strike lasts long, you know, uh, goes longer than September, then. You know, there's a good chance. Uh, it may not happen at all. Yeah, what they're working on doesn't happen at all. And right. uh, I guess lucky for us, uh, it ended. And maybe that was yeah. part of it. Maybe they're like, well, if it lasts longer than September, then we don't have our, uh, you know, our Comic-Con presentation. You know, uh, we have the new, we have to worry about the new uh, uh, annual year, which requires us to like sort of lock things in that might may or may not be scripted anymore. So I guess there's a lot of things there that sort of like September was like the month they had to lock it down. And maybe that is why a lot of these studios all of a sudden came to the the, the table at the 11th hour and signed a deal. Maybe a lot of these people were like, we need this handled by September or we are going to start having problems.
0: I think that was a factor for sure. I mean, I I honestly think it was ultimately because the actors no, they, there wasn't a breakdown in all the guilds like there usually is and they realized oh crap <clears throat> their 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 are their, soli- their, their solidarity is going to stay right. so i think it was that and they're like well if we want to get things keep things going we got to get this thing done so i think it was a factor of a bunch of things but so what do we know about the amazon series if we get the announcement on the 13th we may or may not um but but in in that statement there that final um statement it says old series that what did it say again brian
1: it, it said uh, a <clears throat> A special presentation featuring exclusive first looks and never before seen footage of returning returning, yeah, fan favorites and a and highly anticipated new series.
0: Yeah, so that really kind of that sounds to us like like Robocop and and Stargate. It sounds yeah. like coming, you know, so I would not be surprised at all if there was if they went ahead and, with the announcement uh, that they're moving forward. Um, what do we know that, that Amazon wants to do so far? So we, if you go back, you can go back and look at this video that we did a couple months ago. It was a pretty huge video, uh, from insiders that we talked to that's close to the project. And essentially, um, we knew that, um, they were going to come out and do this kind of, they were going to have all the, a bunch of actors out there. They were hopeful they were going to get like Amanda Tapping, Michael Shanks, Joe Flanagan, uh, Robert Picardo. David Hewlett, uh, Paul McGillian. There's a bunch of people that were going to come out for this. They hadn't locked it down completely. Um, and then they were going to do like this, like intro promo. And we did our own little intro promo. Oh, that yeah, you wanna, it.
1: yeah. Maybe we should show <clears throat> it
0: real quick for people. That way see people it. can see. And basically we created a little intro based on what they told us they were going to create. Uh, I'm sure theirs would have been better. Brian
1: doesn't want me to hear me say that, but. No, um, oh, no, no, for sure. I, I made it in my spare uh, <laughs> bedroom over an over one over, over a night so yeah I hope I hope it's better by the love of God
0: um, so the plan was if it's not better was. we got
1: a problem like mm-hmm. we have deeper problems in my <laughs> than my pride
0: right right um, so mm. what we did find out was that they they weren't gonna focus on Stargate universe so the idea was to actually have some sort of hybrid of characters they were gonna basically pick up. Where Stargate Atlantis left off—that's kind of where, where what we were hearing uh, was the plan. Now, here it is. Of course, a lot of things can change with showrunners, but let's show. Yeah, let's show that little intro. That something like this is what they were planning to. Yeah. to show Comic Con.
2: You folks should understand. We're
1: out there now. We might not be ready
2: for a lot of this stuff. We're
0: doing the best we can. So essentially, if they if they do get things off the ground in, in, you know, early 2024, then they we could have a release of 2025. And initially, we know that Jen Salkey over at uh, Amazon, who's in charge of programming, uh, wants to do a movie first. And so the idea we heard was to have have a movie that would then roll into a series. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's, that was kind of the idea. That's what they wanted to do. Um, now, the interesting part of it was uh, Brad Wright, so the creator of Stargate, um, really didn't have a hat in the ring. He submitted a, a script, and uh, they never responded to it. Like, he had a script in for a new series, and nothing. there was no response.
2: Right. So they
0: kind of moved forward in this other direction. But based on the insiders that we spoke to, um. It, we were basically told that hey there's nothing saying that Brad Wright couldn't still do this project but he needs to like you know get involved somehow like he needs to throw his hat back in the ring basically maybe do rewrites on his scripts kind of get something more of what amazon wants to do and for in defense of Brad he had would have had no problem making script changes if somebody had just told him they wanted script changes so um so we contact we reached out to Brad and and his people and and uh, people close to Brad and uh, said, hey, look, um, if you still want to do Stargate and we want him to do Stargate, obviously, you know, throw your hat back in the ring. And so he's actually been given several months. <clears throat> I'm. We're really hoping that he's punched up his script, got in contact with somebody over at, over at Amazon, uh, MGM Plus, and found out what they want in a new series. And hopefully he punched up something, submitted it because he still could. And listen, listen. Why wouldn't you want the creator of Stargate on TV involved in a show that's going to be a continuation to some degree, at least that's what they're t- telling us, a continuation of what came from before, right? right? Why wouldn't you want him involved in some way? So fingers crossed, we haven't heard anything since talking to his people about that, but hopefully they're getting, they're doing it. You know, he wants to do it. Why
1: why wouldn't they do it, Right. Yeah, and and uh, we've been mo- we monitor these people on social media. We're like we're like a shitty version of the FBI when it comes to Stargate. <laughs> Except we're not working with the government, and we're not working at with at least one branch of the government, and we're not being paid. Um, but we we monitor <laughs> a lot of the social sure. media, <laughs> the social media on a uh, on like Twitter and whatever Facebook. And you know, since early September, um, most of of the people that were on that initial list that our source gave us for for Comic-Con uh in San Diego have been very quiet. It's almost it's it's mm. almost impressive how quiet everyone has been.
0: Well, and it's been hard mm. with the strikes because even people who were on old shows feel like they can't go on and talk about the show that they were on. So there was a lot of that going on. Right. Um, you know, that you if you watch something people talk about Star Trek they're saying, you know, that that science fiction show with a ship in space. And I'm just like, come on, guys, really? Are we I mean, just say what it is. I mean, it's not like anybody's going out to watch new Star Trek
1: right now. <laughs> right, right, right. The old stuff's still good. Yeah, you know what drives me nuts about that too, is like first off, you're not fooling anyone. So if you are really so concerned about following the rules, well then you're not really following them. Mm-hmm. A. Uh B, um, why can't you talk about what you've done in the past it's it's so odd to me and i know oh, they yes, go well yeah. we can but it's not like well, i'm sorry is tim russ saying that he's on a current show because he was doing that too like well we can't talk about star trek Tim russ you ain't working for star trek homie you could talk about star trek yeah like well, you could talk about well, star well, he trek. did No, know he worked for star trek yeah, he had the cameo in a season three, bit, but you think he's going to be in another upcoming episodes or season of something? Come on,
0: we can hope for Star Trek Legacy, brother. I guess we can but, hope You know, for you maybe, maybe he's following the rules just in case. I mean, who knows? Um, but uh, you know, so what do you think? You know, the chances are. I mean, so I, I think the chances are pretty good that on October thirteenth, if Amazon's going to talk about what's coming, and they were going to talk about it several months ago, it was on the list of things to talk about,
1: why would it still not be on the list? Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Like, if they were already planning on doing a uh, some kind of event at New York Comic Con, then, yeah, I can understand canceling the event at San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. But if they were doing one at NYCC and everything ended, or at least the important part ended, why can't they do it?
0: Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I would say everybody just kind of mark your calendar and, uh, you know, maybe pay attention to what's going on there. Hopefully we'll get an announcement. And if we do, then we can maybe start, you know, um, actively prying into what exactly we will have coming. I mean, it's it's one of the. few. What's that? We will pry. Oh, we will pry. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll we will be pry. A lot of questions. We'll be outside
1: and, uh, Brad's house digging through his <laughs> trash, just like we did Terry's. Well, I mean, I hope so. If Brad
0: gets the thing, if not, we're gonna have Mark Ferguson, and Hot Ottsby. We know where you live, guys. We'll
1: we'll we'll, we'll we'll bother Brad and Mark, or whoever's doing it, until they're like, okay, fine, <laughs> we'll come do your show. <laughs> you, right. Which is pretty much uh, exactly yeah. what happened. At Terry, Terry's like, look, guys, you can't be at my house all the time. Like, i like, like, I have a wife and kid. This is not acceptable. I'm like, listen, Terry, we need to know more about Picard Season Three. He's like, all right, fine, fine, I'll come on the show. Okay, come all right. right, all right. Get out of the trash can, it was, Brian. It was like a hostage thing. Actually, it's like a hostage
0: situation. <laughs> like, just to get rid of us, he had to agree. Um, yeah, no. So let's
1: let's see and what there's happens. There's Gary driving by. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how does
1: everyone know said, where? Live? Did, where did that guy come from? <laughs>
0: Um, yeah so hopefully we you know hopefully we get some news um, and if we do we'll be hunting that down that's all we really have for now on Stargate uh, but the Spidey senses are tingling all of the all of the the things align why wouldn't they
1: unless somehow they've changed their mind which is totally possible unless because that's what I was worried about too like the strike remember our source did say if the strike went past September mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then their current projects, RoboCop and Star- RoboCop, RoboCop. <laughs> did you say RoboCop? <laughs> I did say RoboCop. Oh man, RoboCop right. and and Stargate are pretty much uh, screwed. And we, you know, a it, they might just never happen, and b it certainly won't happen with his t- with their team. And um, <clears throat> what worries me is that the strike did end, but it did end dangerously close to the end of September. It's not like it's some kind of like, it's not a video game where it's like, as long as you get in the cave by this time. Right. But look
0: at, okay. But Amazon saying, look at, we got, we got stuff to put out. Like literally at the end of the strike, it makes, I mean, it makes it seem like they just went and took an old set of information and said, ah, all right, we can talk about it now. Because otherwise yeah. they would have needed more time to plan. Like if the plan wasn't to just go with the, with the previous plan, then they're going to need more than a couple of weeks to come up with something. I guess that's true, but they
1: also have James Bond, and they have Clueless, and they have other things that they're also working on that we are very much aware of. Yeah, Um, we're aware of them, although we don't give a crap about them. Not really. I mean, I I, 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 I sort of care about James Bond, but not much. Listen, you put Henry Cavill in James Bond. Well, that's that's what I was. You have a fan for life, right? (laughs) right? Right. Like, I will to. literally break the doors down. I'll be I'll be waiting in line like it's nineteen ninety nine. Naked, N- it. We'll Naked. Shirt on. Yeah. You put Henry Cavill in a James Bond movie, and I will I will never I will not talk as James shit Bond though as James Bond. Yeah, not yeah. the bad guy. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want him to. I don't want him to be the guy who's rubbing like the hairless clad cat while right. or, <laughs> while the gender bent uh, uh, black uh, James Bond is is like <laughs> threatening his empire. He's like yes. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see Henry Cavill as James Bond. If you do that, I, I'll bet I, I will stop making fun of of Amazon and their insane ideas and horrible decision making when it comes to certain legacy uh, properties for at least uh, three weeks.
0: Yeah, Amazon's <clears throat> weird because sometimes they like knock it out of the ballpark, and sometimes they just totally miss. Dude, and Wheel of Time, Ugh,
1: what the hell?
0: You know, Wheel of Time would have been. Extraordinarily difficult to do without trying to make it a huge production. I mean, it deserves something as big as Lord of the Rings.
1: Well, I mean, Rings of Power got a billion dollars. Can we just siphon some of that crappy money over to rent Wheel of Power? Yeah, Wheel of Time. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, Wheel of Time, Wheel of Power. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Wheel. You know that you got the boys
0: who've done well. You got the Expanse, which, which of course did well. You know,
1: actually, I I saw the first episode of Gen V, and it wasn't bad. Not at all. Actually,
0: that's the new one that's in their universe, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean there there is some like checkboxing there, but it feels very natural. Mm. Like one of the characters is non binary, but her his her power is literally changing between two different uh different mm. they're like, like mm. shapeshifter. Mm. They have, like they switch from yeah. like a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy. Um they switch back that's, and forth. That's one way to incorporate it. Okay. Yeah, mm. they incorporate it in a very natural way. Hmm. Although I found it weird that one of the characters' powers is completely based on her period blood.
0: Okay,
1: yeah, that was weird.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a boy's thing to do. They, I mean, they're pretty gritty, so. right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, so uh, we are we are uh, very, very much in the camp that we think that that the announcement this the 13th can have something to do with Stargate, and we're hoping uh, we're hoping it's a really big thing. We're hoping um, that that we that that it's the original Stargate that we are getting a continuation. Um. Imagine if it's just all the things he want. Imagine if it's Brad there with Amanda tapping. And <laughs> oh my like, god, that would be amazing. <clears throat> yeah, there wouldn't even be a show because I'll be too busy naked rolling around in my own filth. It'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, there you got it. So we'll be staying tuned for that. That is our Stargate news uh, going on today. Uh, what do you want to cover next? You want to do some? I love the way I love, I
1: love the way I said uh, rolling around in my own filth. You're like. All right. Well, I had to like think about
0: what's the filth part? Like when oh, someone says rolling oh, around my own filth, like is it are they rolling around their own poop? Are they rolling around in the in their like empty donut boxes they got laying around? I mean, what is it that you're rolling around in exactly? Spaghetti. So old food. Okay, I
1: got it. Yeah, yeah spaghetti. Right. Mostly yeah. spaghetti. Yeah. And cream corn. <clears throat> Specifically cream, cream corn. The two don't work well together. <laughs> That's what you say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, let's talk about some Warp Factor news. Wait, 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 wait. We have that thing. That's why I said it that way. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Warp Factor. Yeah. Do your, do your worst.
1: Warp Factor news. Wait, what was that? It. Yeah, you missed it. You didn't do it. Warp Factor factor news. news. Was that it? That was it. You want to do it oh, again? I, I was supposed to give a voice
0: for it, wasn't I? Yeah,
1: you were. You weren't paying attention. All right, do it again. Right, I, oh, it. I
0: thought I was supposed to give you one, like record
1: one for you. All right, I'm going to do it again. Ready? All right, I'm ready. Go.
0: Warp Factor
1: News.
0: You just got warped oh, up. Uh. Get warped. Beam. <laughs> You just got beamed up. <laughs>
1: right. we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work that out. We're gonna Yeah, we'll we'll just do some we're gonna work just workshop that, that and figure out a you know.
0: <laughs> so I had the wonderful opportunity to you know, I gotta tell you, I saw Rod Roddenberry. Uh, was on Rod, the yeah. <clears throat> Roddenberry. I can't time. help it. His every the, time <laughs> my name is Rod. Roddenberry. Rod Roddenberry. You know his parents you know they they're extremely creative individuals you know his, his parents of course are gene roddenberry and and um i just totally drew a blank but his mom was on star trek is she's the
1: computer the computer you know. voice of the computer yeah, dude imagine and, imagine yeah, if he's at the uh gene roddenberry's at the hospital and like they're filling in the name and he makes a mistake and he starts with his last name in the first name column he's like yeah, I mean, what I'm saying he is he just like, stops and he just goes, I guess it's Rod and Rodberry. <laughs> the, the,
0: the creativeness. I mean, like, what are we going to call our kid? I don't know. Rod Roddenberry. All right. Anyways, who knows why parents choose names for their kids? Anyways, he was on the shuttle pod show doing an interview. And I'm like, well, you know, because he was supposed to be on our show um, on our um, Raw Rant show. But because of the the strike, everything got canceled. So Raw and then we got demonetized so it was like this whole thing where raw rant will not come back unless we get remonetized anyway so rod was supposed to come on our show and we were going to do a whole thing so now he ends up on the shuttlepod show which is appropriate because shuttlepod is of course covering everything star trek and i said oh well let's find out what what rod might have talked about on our show you know so i watched him now so i'll take some notes maybe we can talk about some interesting things that he brought up that he talked about and you know i'll be real frank with you Rod Roddenberry seems like a super nice guy, but I don't he doesn't really know anything about Star Trek, does he? Like he really doesn't. Uh he's just kind of this ambassador for Star Trek, I think, because it was hilarious because they were like telling him all these things about Star Trek history. You know, you've got uh um Connor and Dominic, you know, like saying, Oh, do you did you remember when this happened? Or were you, what were you thinking when this happened? And he's like, Yeah, I didn't really I didn't really know about that until you mentioned it right now.
2: <laughs> and <laughs>
0: And they're like, oh, OK, you know, because so this whole kind of like it's like uh, Rod Roddenberry is kind of like Star Trek light. And he's, I think he's just trying to keep the the family dream alive. You know what I mean? Like He's like hope. That's why he's. So, yeah. So uh, we didn't really learn anything too um, heavy from here other than the fact that he didn't feel like he really knew his father. Um, he didn't appreciate Star Trek when he was young, like most. I mean, I don't know. I guess when your dad is making Star Trek and you probably don't care about it because that's the way kids work. Right. You know, I was, of course, a, you know, stuck attached to the TV at five from five years old on Star Trek and couldn't turn it off.
1: Which is why if you're a parent, you have to do a lot of drugs. Your kids don't want to do them. Was that your excuse? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you told you? So? <laughs>
2: that's you do the opposite.
0: Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, just kind of not a whole lot there, but if you want to go watch it and you kind of, I mean, it is kind of funny and fun and stuff like that, but really not a whole lot to, uh, to give you from the interview other than he, you know, he's got himself attached to kind of new star Trek and he's going to be there to, to cheerlead it all the way through. So uh, there's good on that. Um, we did get some interesting stuff. So
1: you're saying he's like a star Trek cheerleader.
0: That's exactly what he is. He's a star Trek cheerleader. Fascinating. Yeah. He's not like a star Trek historian, which makes sense because when we were trying to get him on the show, we wanted to have uh, him and Otoy, uh, which is the organization that's basically doing the Star Trek, you know website museum, right that that the, that the Roddenberry Foundation is a part of. And uh, he did not want to be on the show at the same time as them. So he's like, hey, you know, I'm cool to come on, talk about Star Trek, my dad, blah, blah blah. But I don't want to be on with the Otoy people because that's like something different. And I think the reason why is because the O people are like, you know star trek Rainman.
1: Yeah. they're like you know so you know episode uh, uh two, <laughs> right, right. spock actually had a mole on his left thigh and it was really funny because kirk kept staring at it and william shatner made a lot of comments behind the scenes <laughs> right, right, but right. they don't you know no that boy. we actually know
0: some people oh toy they're very nice very cool yeah i can't believe you just did that yeah well um, i mean
1: but they're nerds but the, yeah but so are we so imagine Gene Roddenberry yeah. is like sitting and uh, no, like right. Rod, Rod, Roddenberry sitting there. He's like, okay, yeah, sure, That's good, cool, right? Yeah. yeah, what is he gonna have to talk about? Yeah, he's got nothing to add to it. So I think he was
0: afraid of not being the spotlight. I think uh, about Star Trek, and and I get it. And so he's just, so he's wise in that way. Uh, so hopefully we will be able to get him on, and we'll, you know, the the difference between us and maybe some of these other shows is that we're gonna really ask some hard questions. We're going to ask some really uncomfortable things to try to get more information out of them. That's kind of how we work. And then they'll probably never come back again, but it'll be a lot of fun in the meantime. By the way,
1: Adam in the chat right now is actually one of those guys. He is. Yes. And Rod. And so he's saying Rod Roddenberry helped raise um, all the funding for the Roddenberry, which is super rad.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And he, that's what I'm saying. He's a great cheerleader. He is an awesome, you know, he is definitely, you know, keeping the star Trek banner going and trying to keep the legacy of his family going. Um, and guys like Adam and yes, some of the really appreciate all the work that you guys do because I mean, listen, you know, being able to have uh, one place where you can have this archive of all the great star Trek stuff, you know, especially a lot of the legacy stuff that we're losing now. It's really a great thing for all star Trek fans. So
2: yeah.
1: Very also cool. Archmage Frey is, is Archmage Frey is uh, offended by my impression of him. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that you sounded
0: like somebody. You
1: know, a mole on his left nut. And, uh,
0: <laughs> on his left nut. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I've been watching and a it lot looked of life. like
1: the Star Trek uh, Starship Enterprise, actually, but not the Enterprise A, the original Enterprise, where the nacelles were slightly larger and off to where the left. Where there's no
0: no letter yet.
1: and Um, you can see if you examine his left nut here (laughs) you're not supposed to
0: listen you're not supposed to see his left nut at all it was off camera um yeah so i've actually you know it's funny this whole last couple weeks i don't know how i ended up down the youtube rabbit or the the down the rabbit hole of old like merv griffin interviews with like like uh leonard nimoy and 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 um and uh william shatner like i watched a bunch of like old archival interviews and I was I could not stop watching it man. The old stuff is fat some of the stuff that people use say if you ever get a chance go down the rabbit hole look up like Merv Griffin interviews or some of those old the David Dave Cavett uh cat the Cavett show uh there's some really interesting old stuff out Merv there. Merv Griffin. Yeah, they used to did you know that the I learned that the um the Spock ears on the TV show they didn't have to worry about them being <clears throat> so perfect because the TV screen was so small. So but when they went to do the movies, they had to take better care of how of what the ears looked like because the screen was so much bigger and people could right. see better.
1: I thought it was very cool. Yeah, I remember um uh I was in a film class when they were talking about how um Alfred Hitchcock, I believe, mm-hmm. used um <clears throat> chocolate uh syrup for the blood in his uh psycho is a psycho 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 mm-hmm. movie. And it was because he knew it was going to be on black and white and, he, and the darkness of it uh, was way more and played better on screen than like red would play. Well, and I think it's thicker. So, right. So it almost and has the thicker. consistency of like. Yeah. It looks like more a, like yeah. what blood would look like yeah. on black and white. Yeah. I found that fascinating <clears throat> um, instead of using red because red doesn't play well on black and white it comes out of gray. Mm-hmm. And he wanted mm. it to be black and contrasty. It's very cool. Very cool. Stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why
0: he was a he was the master. Yeah. Um. Some more War Factor news. Uh, Patrick Stewart put out his memoir. And uh, so if you if we've had some like news stories getting filtered out with some interesting, you know, it's interesting. about know, Patrick Stewart. You can tell he's like close to dying, or at least very very old because he just doesn't care what he says now. Like he'll say anything. He completely offends Tom Hardy. In his book, from Star Trek Nemesis in two thousand two, what's and, name? What's uh, the name?
1: Of his book is it like Engage or
0: No, no, I, I, th- he wouldn't do that. By the way, he would never name it that because what, what's he, it called? He only wants to loosely base his like legacy on Star Trek. What's it so, called? I don't remember. I, mean, like, I bet you had something Star Trek-y, though. They always do that. No, he wouldn't. I'm telling
1: you, he would not allow that to happen. It would be something else. Well, you know what? How much you want to I mean, bet? it's oh yeah here it is ready ready wait wait for it ready making it so yeah okay yeah
0: okay he did it
1: yeah i'm actually pretty surprised he did that that's the name of his book is called making it so so what you're saying is somebody
0: somebody got a big thing of wine took it to his house and said let me tell you why we got to say making it so (laughs) yeah it
1: needs to be making it so he goes but i really want to call it my homosexual bulldog (laughs) Like no no it's not gonna work. No you know what they did the, the publishing
0: company sent Terry Metalis to his house. That's how he he, he got it. <laughs> right. <based>.
2: Uh But <laughs> he's Timothy's,
0: got Terry spikes drink. <laughs> he's like, listen, Patrick. Here, here's what we're gonna do. Um. So yeah. So apparently this actually really interesting um story here about and you're gonna be seeing these filter in as, as if you haven't actually read the book yet, which I haven't had a chance to go through it. Um but I will, but he actually has these little bit of little tidbits of things. And the first one was, was about nemesis. And, you know, Tom Hardy is, has become,
1: you know, at least he was heading into the place of being like a list Supreme. I would say Tom Hardy is an A-list actor. He's a known name. Like I remember his name when I see his, everybody
0: known name isn't an A-list actor.
1: That's true. But at some point they made an impression on the, on the industry that, allowed you to remember their name because like i still keep forgetting the name of the actor that's playing superman in man legacy it's like damn what i would was say that name again i don't know i would say he became
0: an a-list actor probably about the same time about mad max and some of the some of the interesting fury roads some of those things that are going on he ended up doing a few movies in there where he was like you know super epic actor but before that there was star trek nemesis right and he got pitched to do the to do it um so here's what they had to say. Patrick Stewart says Tom Hardy wouldn't engage with co-stars on Star Trek Nemesis. There it is. Engage. <laughs> and he says he wouldn't engage. Listen, you, you can do this all day long, okay?
1: Good. I, I mean, he, Star- <laughs> you knew he, he's doing it, man.
0: I don't even think, I don't know if he said it. Let's see if he said it. Uh, okay. Star Trek legend Sir Patrick Stewart isn't a fan of Star Trek Nemesis. Many of us are not, so that's okay. Uh, Among the problems he encountered was actor Tom Hardy, who Stewart claims was challenging to work with on during their 2002 Star Trek movie. Uh, Quote, he said, Tom wouldn't engage with any of us on a social level. Stewart claimed his new uh, Stewart claimed in his new memoir, making it show (laughs) making it. So he never said good morning, never said good night. Does anybody say good night? That must be like a, a an over the pond thing.
1: I don't. Yeah. I don't. How about goodbye? <clears throat>
0: I don't like say good morning,
1: See you later. Catch you later. Yeah. I think I'd say see you later. or Catch you later. Probably. Uh, I, actually never don't, I actually don't. Th- I just ghost people and go to sleep. You just,
0: <laughs> you just disappear. You know what you do? You disappear so that they can't try to talk you into staying. That's what you do.
1: <laughs> They're like, all right, well, I'm going to bed. And I go
0: offline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he never said good morning. Never said good night and spent the hours he wasn't needed on set in his trailer with his girlfriend. Oh, well, he's a young man. Patrick, what do you think he's going to do? Um, he Spend said it he was, with
1: the old guy. <laughs> he's going to hang out
0: with the old guy on the set. No, he's going to hang out with the hot chick in his trailer. Um, he was by no means hostile, added Stewart. It was just challenging to establish any rapport with him. Um... Also about the film Nemesis, which came out in 2002, was particularly weak. I didn't have a single exciting scene to play. <laughs> and the actor who portrayed the movie's villain Shinzon was an odd, solitary young man from London. His name was Tom Hardy.
2: <laughs> this is
0: great. This is what he said. This is actually fantastic. Uh, as for Hardy himself, uh, Stuart admits he never thought he would find such a long career. He said on the evening Tom wrapped his role he characteristically left uh, without ceremony or niceties simply walking out of the door stuart <laughs> revealed as it closed i said quietly to brent spiner and jonathan frakes and there goes someone i think we shall never hear of again he goes on to say it gives me it gives me pleasure uh, nothing but pleasure that tom has proven me so wrong although i will say that uh, to have the last laugh, I do think that that Patrick Stewart, um, and who knows what's going to happen with Tom Hardy in the future, but I do feel like he did the Venom movies, and I feel like he's been, I don't know, maybe he got tired, something happened. He hasn't really been, um, maybe he's taken a break since COVID. I don't know.
1: He put a lot of effort into the Venom movies, though. Like It, it was his baby for a while. He, yeah. he was acting in it, he was writing in it, he was doing a lot That's of true. for That's Venom. True. He's probably on,
0: probably on a hiatus. We will see him back again. The guy's a great actor. And, um, and I think it's funny that he just basically said, you know what he said? He's like, these Star Trek nerds, I'm going to come do my job and I'm going to get out of here. Um, of course, Star Trek Nemesis. Um, we do have a video coming out pretty soon that's going to tell you exactly where Star Trek Nemesis falls in the all-time list of movies uh, for Star Trek. So make sure you guys stay tuned. You're going to be one.
1: shocked. It's number one. Don't lie to the people.
0: <laughs> when J.J. Abrams lied about who Khan was in uh, in Into Darkness, so don't don't
1: li- never lie to Star Trek fans, Brian. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so well, there's what, that what, one. What what was uh, Khan? He was like Jonathan Mills or something like that. Oh,
0: You've been in Cumberbatch. Yeah. Oh, what was the name that he put out? Yeah, it was like John Harrison. Yeah, that's right, John Harrison. <laughs> john harris listen the whole thing is stupid so i I can't wait till you guys see with a big list we actually went through and and did like this whole worldwide list building thing to find out like definitively Mm -hmm. which star trek movies are the are people like the most and so we got this list like we did for the series and that should be coming out here pretty soon
1: and it will shock you
0: yeah i mean it's it was shocked me i was surprised by the list yeah um, we had some more Patrick uh, Stewart news from his make it show um, book make it show so. uh, he wished that he had Will Wheaton's confidence on TNG such a weird thing to say Like he wished he had Will Wheaton's childlike confidence
1: you know, he would walk around with his penis out like it was no <laughs> big deal It's like, oh my god that thing's huge he for w- a 14 year old he would wave it around and he would say look I'm doing the helicopter Deanna and- and we were okay with it, you know. We were okay with it. Um, it's always sexual, isn't it, Brian? But it got really weird when he he, he kept uh, caressing Jonathan Frakes in a way that made Jonathan Frakes very uncomfortable. But but his confidence was oozing out of him. It was oozing out of him in the form of a manly release. <laughs> Well, Will Wheaton was the only real movie star. I'm, I'm
0: not going to give it any energy. I'm sorry. It just you took it too far. I'm you
2: sorry,
0: know, I'm when you turn it into a holodeck, a hollow novel, like your own sexual weird preferences, I just can't. I can't go there anymore. Get the okay. biofilters going. <laughs> That's so gross. Anyways, he said he wished. Uh, so, and I don't know if he's saying this because now he's had a different relationship with with Will Wheaton. Uh, in his new memoir, Patrick Stewart discusses his issues with Will Wheaton and Wesley Crusher during Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, yeah.
1: He said, I felt like the teen on the Enterprise concept was a little a little gimmicky, but I was also put off by Will's adolescent self-assurance. To me, he initially yeah. came off as cocky. Okay, so hold up there. So, yeah, so
0: he felt that the teen on the Enterprise concept was a little gimmicky. Okay. It was so I get it. Like you're trying to bring kids into it, okay? Uh, but, but I was also put off by Will's adolescent self-assurance. So that means that Will that Will Wheaton walked in there and was like, "Uh, so how many movies have you guys done that were like really all about you?" Because of course Will came off a of Stand By Me, and he was you know one of the main characters. And of course you know Patrick Stewart had done some things, but he was always you know kind of a Supporting character right And then you've got LeVar Burton who was in uh, Who was in Roots But he was a supporting Character and reading Rainbow Which is not a movie But that's okay Um, But of course so I don't Know it sounds a little bit like Patrick Stewart was maybe like Jealous Is
1: that the right word like
0: Anyways let's keep reading
1: I think he wanted To get it in there so that Will would tweet About it We didn't have Twitter back then. No, no, no. I think that in his book, he wanted to make sure there was a small section about Will in the books that Will would tweet about it. I think it's also making reparations, like with people, maybe, you Mm -hmm.
0: know, with certain people. It said, but as I examined my feelings, I realized that they were not really about Will or some notion that he should know his place as a juvenile actor. (laughs) That's what it is. You're a kid. Shut up. Um, Shut up. Which is the way it was back then. Nowadays, kids do whatever the hell they want. Um, they reflected my own vulnerability. Hmm. So let's let's replay this in proper words. Okay. okay. What he says, my own vulnerability. That's like lack of confidence. Sure. So he basically uh, was intimidated by a kid. I don't
1: know. I don't that's. Do you read this into it? You read those words into it. That's what it was, right? I don't know. This sounds like a bunch of drivel to me. Sounds like he's like uh, trying to give Will Wheaton props. It is his memoir, though. So he like, wouldn't, he wouldn't he, go too far. He from was the a truth. theater actor. He, obviously, obviously a better actor than Will Wheaton. A hundred percent.
0: A billion percent. Right. Always a better actor. And, it, and as it would turn out, Will obviously didn't, didn't go too far.
1: Maybe he is dying. Cause he's like, oh, I got to get this memoir out and tell everyone how much I love them. And can we do one more Picard movie? <laughs> he just wants
0: now I, it's so funny that now he's like all about doing it right right He, he wanted to have nothing to do with it now he's like all yeah, about what,
1: what happened uh, yeah season one no I wanted to, about, be, to be about me and a 20 something year old model with my dog on a on a vineyard yeah like, yeah it sounds like Star Trek bro That sounds exactly like what Star Trek is <laughs> right well you know this context really kind of tells us like
0: the, those shut up Wesley's I think they were real Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was and it felt real. Like when shut he up, did it, Wesley. you're like, like, man, he really doesn't like that kid, you know, and he got a rap for not liking kids in general. I wonder if that's kind of the, the feeling he was
1: given on there. People, people hate it when there's there's some people that hate it when you say, when you say shut up, Wesley, they think it's like some kind of like, I don't know, uh, slur or whatever toward Will Wheaton. Yeah. And I, let me tell you something to those people. It was. It is a slur. Okay, we don't <laughs> like the guy. He sucks. No, it was a
0: slur when he did it. It was a slur from the beginning. <laughs> Patrick Stewart meant it as a slur. Like, oh, you're gonna give me this line where I get to tell this kid to shut up? Oh yeah, it's coming. Shut up, Wesley.
1: <laughs> even even uh even Beverly got to say uh Yeah, a few people got Gates to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I um, had a, a montage once where it had like like thirteen people saying shut up, Wesley. <laughs> On the show, yeah, a lot of people that say many it. people, <clears throat> not maybe not 13, Maybe me, not being hyperbolic, but a lot of people, yeah. all right. <clears throat>
0: so that was from, it. I mean, there's no on real reason making yet. it so. You'll be getting the Will Wheaton response here soon, I'm sure. He takes every opportunity to, yeah, talk his about name himself, is brought up. right?
1: Yeah, oh, I sure heard so. I was in Patrick Stewart's book. <laughs> no, I think what he's gonna do is he's gonna be like, I had no idea, I thought you all hated me. Yeah, that's yeah, he's we'll... going to cry. He's going to cry on air or something. So.
0: <laughs> All right. Where are we at now? We're talking about,
1: uh, I don't know, actually. Oh, Lower Decks. Lower, Decks. Lower Decks. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it looks like Lower Decks showrunner cast doubt on the series future. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: You know, he, he, this guy doesn't have a ton of experience talking uh, to the public. And I would say <laughs> it probably wasn't smart what he said. Okay. And it, but it's, it's realistic. Um, here's the quote. I would say nothing is safe. <laughs> so he was asked essentially like, uh, well, here during an interview with cinema blend, lower deck showrunner, Mike McMahon explained that star Trek is heading in a bold direction and what that could mean for its current wave of shows. And what he said was, yeah, I mean, listen, we're in weird times. Everything is changing. I think everything's going to continue to change. I would say nothing is safe. I don't have any bad news for anybody, but also I think you shouldn't assume that this stuff is going to stick around unless you uh, vocal, unless you vocally, unless you're vocally and watch it early on. I don't know what that means. I think what he's saying though is is uh, you shouldn't assume that that the stuff is going to stick around. Um, And that you should basically consume it now because it could be just removed from the
1: site. Yeah, and don't watch it as it's being canceled and be like, why is this being canceled? It's so good. It's too late. Yeah,
0: and I got to tell you, this is like I've never been more like concerned about not having some sort of, you know, hard media Um, because, you know, if you want to watch Prodigy, tough, like it's not going to happen. It's not available anywhere. Right, right, so well, it's uh, on the high I, seas right now, but yeah, well, that well, yeah, but legally, right, right, um, I tried to pull put on breakin for my wife this weekend, I wanted it she had never seen it back when it came out in the eighties, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's hilarious, like instead of gangs fighting, they dance off each other, and it's fantastic, <laughs> right, so I'm like, looking for it, but guess what, it isn't available anywhere, so you know, there's really? things that you can't get, I couldn't find it, and so. You know, what he's saying here is, hey, watch every episode when it comes out, because you never know if they're going to be like, you know what, this isn't making us enough money. And I find it interesting, and I'm sure he's going to get talked to about this because the fact that he said that. I mean, he's not saying that this is the case, but him saying this makes me think that he's nervous that that could happen to the show. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, why? Why would he say it unless he thinks it's potentially possible?
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I I lower decks has really grown on me. It's um, it's a just sort of a fun. Uh, if it's a fun episode, I saw the most recent episode where they had um, where they went to the Frankie Homeworld or something like that, and they had Quarks, uh, Quarks, the Federation experience, and I I read that um, a lot of the a bunch of the writers got together and actually watched the closing of the Star Trek experience, the documentary about that. Mm. The one that I'm pretty sure Robert Meyer Burnett worked on. Yes. And so they watched that together before writing this episode so they can get the right tone or whatever and aesthetic of the um, quirks. And I find that really fascinating that these people not only are watching the original episodes of Stargate, all the different Stargate, I'm sorry, Star Star Trek, Trek. all Mm -hmm. the different Star Treks in order to create like all these meaningful relationships they even watched the documentary about the closed Star Trek experience in Vegas so they can accurately understand that. Meanwhile, you have Discovery writers who to this day have still admitted to never watching any Star Trek outside of Discovery. Well, but but
0: okay, okay. but here, here's the contrarian point, which I would say like Lower Decks is, that's what they're doing. Like they're deep cut Star Trek stuff. So if they aren't like, really aware of that kind of stuff, then their their episodes would come off weird because that, that is kind of the good thing about watching Lower Decks is you can kind of get this inside look at the history of Star Trek a little bit, even mm-hmm. though it's from like this, you know, wacky, zany point of view. Right. Um, so they, they kind of have to know it. And I'm not saying Mike isn't a fan of Star Trek. He probably is. Um, but uh, the the, Disco- the Discovery folks, they're out there just writing their own science fiction shit. Like they don't, you know, th- their marching orders aren't, you know, I, I was, when I was working on this movie um, thing, I was really impressed because Harv Bennett, who did, uh, who was the executive producer for Star Trek's two, three, and four, uh, he had never watched Star Trek and, uh, but he was hired. He was told by apparently, listen, you're going to, you know, you're going to hand, take, take care of these Star Trek movies. And the first thing he did before he did anything else is he sat down and he watched all 78 episodes of the original series. Like, they're on the lot. Like, put them on and just, boom, one after the other, watched them all. That's awesome. And when he got to Space Seed, he went, wow, like, Khan's the best bad guy the show ever had. That's who has to be the bad guy. So that's how we got the Wrath of Khan, was because Harv Bennett made sure he knew what he was talking about before he did it. And, of course, this is the guy who created the Six Million Dollar Man, you know, a bunch of those TV shows uh, back in the 70s. So, um, you know, whether you realize it or not, if you're a writer on these shows, and we're going to talk about it more when we talk about box office bullshit. um, If you're a writer on these shows, it would behoove you if there is history to go back and do what Mike's doing, learn as much as you can so that you can write the best thing that you can because Star Trek fans who are watching your show are, are, are going to appreciate that in your writing when you yeah. include things that are that are deep cut they're like oh man they, they included those guys oh that's cool archmage
1: phrase you know? says that uh the creator of ld only got a job in hollywood because he ran a star trek twitter account no that's awesome well,
0: well good enough man that's good to know that, that can happen
1: yeah no I, yeah. I'm, I'm completely with you on that um <clears throat> And I don't, I mean, you know, I want to ask him to watch, you know, all 150 episodes or whatever. Like it's tough. Yeah. Watch the episodes that are relevant, though, to what you've been asked to write. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. If, if something's connecting to, you know, whatever, you know, and and because of the time we're in now, you can easily say, you know, what are the best Vulcan episodes? What are the best Klingon episodes? I mean, it's
1: all out. Yeah. You can literally ask AI. To be like, give me the top ten Klingon episodes of Star Trek, right. and it will spit something out that you can look up. It's not even that much effort. And like, there's the like, best. there's YouTube videos and lists, and there's yeah. so, you don't even going to watch the whole episode. You just gotta yeah. go like do some research, man. Yeah, give me the best
0: Kelpian episodes of Star Trek, and then it comes up with nothing, zero.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You ask <laughs> ChatGPT the best Kelpian episodes of Star Trek, and your entire computer turns off.
0: <laughs> Never mind yeah anyway, so very cool uh, we got one more I thought this was fun because we not that it's necessarily super newsy, but because we're waiting for Star Trek Legacy and as we've talked out before talked before like we think Star Trek Legacy is the best chance of Star Trek going forward. We know strange new worlds is not going anywhere um because they got their they got their attention they got their views and i know that the studio is pretty happy with that right now um and it's possible that they could shit can everything else that they had planned and perhaps just do legacy paramount is in a lot of financial trouble right now right and uh they're in there and it's just going to get worse i hate i hate to tell you everything's going to get worse over the next six to twelve months uh the the american economy is just going to continue to to go down and um paramount is not going to get in a better place so this is what mike's talking about
1: the only friend no well
0: this happens every couple decades it's not the end but um so what mike's talking about is you know you could see them trying to cost cut in a lot of different places which means you could have very limited uh you could have limited star trek on paramount like instead of a lot of new stuff so you know strange new worlds is going for a season three uh but hopefully, if they do decide they can afford to do something else, it would be Star Trek Legacy. And Jonathan Frakes has come out with uh, his Dreamcast for Star dream
1: Trek Legacy. Yeah, you want like, to break it up? Brian? Uh my Dreamcast is to I want to recast Amber Heard with with Halle Berry, but I want to go back what in time and get the Halle Berry from Swordfish specifically. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a Dreamcast. No, why Amber Heard? Like when you do like a dream, uh, fantasy cast of like you yeah. know uh, basketball players or whatever.
0: Sure. Like, well,
1: why did you say Amber Heard? I, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's <laughs> that chick's name again? On where the chick that plays Raffy? Oh, Michelle Heard. Michelle Heard. Okay. Um, when you when you say Dreamcast, like, there's no whole bar. You can go back in time. You can grab whatever you want. That's that's the way I looked at it. All right, that's so i like, you know, I want to recast Rafi instead Barry. of Michelle Hurd. I want to get, I want, I want, I want Halle Berry from uh, Swordfish, specifically the scene where she's uh, topless. That's the one I want. <laughs> we know we, yeah. You, you're mm. like, talent is not important. It's it's
0: it's physical beauty. Um, yes. Yeah, okay. so go go on. What what do you, who's his cast
1: here? Tell us. At right, uh, this is what he said. <laughs> he said Riker's English. Sorry. The Riker's marriage is back on track in my mind for that for the show to be able to move forward Riker would have to be a captain and have his ship. <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> right. Of course. Or he would be promoted to admiral and be a liaison. He he really has to be on the show.
0: Yeah, you know he he's already said it. He wants to be on the show. I mean, he's pissed. I don't
1: blame him. Nobody's
0: contacted him about acting. I mean, he kicked yeah. ass in Picard season 3 and nobody's yeah. offered him anything. I mean, Maybe they think he's a director, mostly. But, I mean, he's got the acting bug back, man. He wants to do it. I thought it was funny when he's like, or he could be promoted to Admiral, but he would be a liaison, which means he'd be on the ship. Yeah. Well, he he talks about himself being like the Charlie from Charlie's Angels.
1: Yeah, I'm like the Charlie, yeah, from Charlie's Angels. They'd have to come to my office one day a week for a meeting (laughs) with Riker. That'd be perfect. Then I could direct a bunch of episodes and be around the show. He's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's got it. It's like his universe. This is hilarious. This is what like, he says. I expect if this goes forward, it'll be Jerry Ryan, Michelle Hurd, Ed Spoliers, and uh, who is now in Starfleet, and Mika Burton. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm a little bummed out by that. Mika Burton is not as good as the other sister was. But he has to say that because it's LaVar's daughter. So that's if he's true.
0: talking, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you got to hook your buddy up.
1: Mika Burton, Ashley Sharp, which I think that's the other one, right? Yes, it is. Uh, Chestnut, who played Geordie's daughter's. I want to also imagine Lou Wilson, who played the Riker's daughter in season one. No one remembers that, by the way. No one remembers did we, did we Riker's be... daughter from season one. Did I they don't... actually show that kid? Yeah, they did. It, it, she had like face paint on or something.
0: No, yeah. oh, it was it was very short.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah,
0: so he didn't want to leave her out. He's trying to be
1: nice. So it looks like she's actually a, a decent actress because she has some. She has more. I think she has more credits than Frakes. What? Um, no. I mean, I'm just saying. There's a lot here. There's a lot. Look at all these credits she has. He was in the Thornbirds. Come on. Okay, that's fine. Um, she can come back. Maybe, maybe be in Starfleet. Who knows?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: if he was like there's a real opportunity for the, for three of the legacy characters' children to carry on and sort and sort of be like the Star Trek, the Next Generation, Next Generation. It just feels like it's laid out here. It's the blueprint for the next phase. Why does no one talk about Alexander, who was actually on the original show? We were talking about him. I know, but none of these ki- none of these actors or producers or writers, whenever they talk about a potential show, yeah, they ne- and they mention the kids. They never mention the one kid who was actually on the show, who would be an know. adult now.
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I would, I mean, I think we've all voiced the fact that we would love to see Alexander all grown up. Right? Yeah. Yeah, why you know, not? I mean, be great. Like a badass, like, Klingon? That'd be, be cool. cool to see Worf and his son, like, in a scene.
1: Yeah, I don't under, and I, I remember uh, people go like, well, they don't want to do that because they had that one time travel episode where, like, they showed Alexander as an adult, like, that doesn't yeah. matter. They had an entire episode where they showed Picard as old, and all. none of that matters.
0: They're constantly ruining time travel. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. M- Micah Burton, Mika Burton, who is the daughter of LeVar Burton, who played Geordie LaForge on Star Trek Next Generation. Mika played uh, Alandra LaForge, Geordi's daughter on Picard. Lulu Wilson played a character named Kestra. That's who it was, Kestra, mm. who was indeed Riker and Troy's daughter, but didn't appear in the third season of Picard. Yeah, listen. um no one remembers kestra so this isn't the dream list no this is the it's his you know i'm this, being nice list this is this is his i need to be a part of this series list <laughs> and, it, and if and if he gets lulu wilson aka kestra on the show then yeah. it that just further solidifies the fact that he needs to be there because that's his that's his daughter in the show makes sense yeah okay that's his listen guys i didn't want to direct i want to act i want to write i want all the budget for this show <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get rid of get rid of Patrick Stewart. Don't even bring him back. Okay, let him let him retire on that vineyard with his twenty two year old model friend, <laughs> and friend. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be I'll be the admiral that has his own office on board the Enterprise, where they have to come to me when I'm feeling like acting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this All is, right, this no, is yeah. not
1: the normal dream was. Listen, I would definitely keep um uh Alicia Sharp Chestnut um obviously Jerry Ryan and Ed Spoliers. if I'm going to be honest and I met Michelle Hurd and she's very nice she's a very very nice person but um we don't need her on that show we just don't you know
0: I don't mind her being on the show as long as it's not they're not in a relationship
1: yeah that that just a bummer have that, and that's man. not like an anti lesbian thing that's an anti stupid it's stupid to have bridge officers in relationship on star trek well and it's
0: well I, I will argue that it was unearned from the beginning right so they never earned a relationship and we know how it came about and it was bullshit so it isn't anti-gay, it isn't anti-lesbian it's anti you know anti-writer you know earn your shit you know if you're gonna stick that out there and be brave enough to do it uh you better make sure that there's there's some sort of logic as to how it occurred so which it did not Uh, let's real quick. We have a $20 super chat from no money G in the member section. Thank you so much. No money G for, uh, hooking us up. He says writers were different back then. I know they always said they wanted non Trek fans to make Trek. Uh, that might've worked in the past, but they need to bring in actual Trek fans and the knowledge of Canon in could not have been said better. That is what made star Trek great. Most of the writers who ended up rising, like the cream rising to the top, were Star Trek fans who had watched TOS and desperately wanted to write for TNG. Some people so desperate enough that they were willing to break into the studio and leave their uh, leave their scripts to be read because back then they said they encouraged fans to. I mean, you're right. That's how you're going to get the great stories. You're going to get if Star Trek fans are writing it, you're going to get
1: good Star Trek stories. Thank you so much, No Money G. The excellent point. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a, a great point. And I would argue that's part of what makes Lower Decks such a fun show. What because of the writers? Because the writers are mm-hmm. like they they understand the the, the series what they're the what content. they're making.
0: Yeah, they know what they're doing, right. Makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. I think that's it for our warp factor news. Warp factor news. Awesome um so let's move on to some box office bullshit well i mean i don't know if you want to name it that or not did we come up with something better
1: no we need to get like a stinger or something for that i'm still working on it okay but when we do it's gonna be something really good box office i mean i actually spent some time
0: trying to like look up like synonyms and stuff like that and i'm like none of this works so i just called it box office bullshit
2: well that's what Um, it is
0: today And there's maybe a couple, a couple reasons why you might call it bullshit. And we're going to talk about, I want to talk about the weekly stuff here first, but, but it's, it's kind of bullshit that we haven't had a great movie in a long time. And we're going to, we're going to go through that.
1: Um, to that.
0: Yeah. So looking at the, the daily, so Paw Patrol, you, you guys listened to us and you, you had nothing to do with your kids last weekend and you took them to the box office because Paw Patrol owned last weekend's box office. Pulling in a cool twenty-two point eight million, Saw Ten couldn't hold it. A candle to Paw Patrol coming in at eighteen million, The Creator, which we are also going to talk a little bit about, uh, at fourteen million, and the Nun Two holding in there, uh, barely. Um, But in the dailies uh, after the weekend, Saw Ten rose to the top, and it's actually um, pulling in the most money each day. Have you watched any of the Saw movies, Brian?
1: Um, I saw the first one, okay, years and years and years ago, and I saw the third one with uh, uh, <laughs> Marky Mark's brother. No, no, it was a friend of mine, and I, I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this because I can't I can't refer to her anymore the way we did back then. But oh. um, my friend was uh, this Asian. Girl what? who used to be a guy, and I'm not even sure what the right thing was, but um, <clears throat> and I'm only mentioning this because it was really funny what what she mentioned. So um her name was Laura or L- uh, L- L- Lori or something like that. She she was a guy. She was she transitioned into a girl. She actually looked very much like a girl, but she had uh she still had the deeper uh, voice. This uh, Asian chick. And we we went to go watch it. Me, and her, and her sister, and her um, and and my business partner at the time, Chris Chu, and we were in the, in there watching it. And I never, I'm never going to forget this, because there's a scene where someone gets like an appendage cut off, and <laughs> and she goes, "I know what that's like."
0: <laughs> no way,
1: really? <laughs>
2: yeah
1: oh
0: so 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 she had the full thing done
1: yeah and i laughed so hard and i was like you know what bro uh we're gonna be friends for a while because she had no problem uh making fun of herself and just a very very fun person to be around and um i'm 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 only i'm hesitating what i'm saying because back then we can refer to her differently than i can refer to her now and i don't want to get uh, re-demonetized. <laughs> 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 got
2: it, got it. But
1: she she had jokes the entire time and I don't remember anything about the third movie because I was sitting there laughing as mm. she was just firing off joke after joke after joke in relation to her own life's journey.
0: Got it. Got it. And uh just a the quote from Arc Mage Frey here. Uh Brian's friend from Thailand? Question mark.
1: She was actually th- she is actually uh Taiwanese. Okay. Thailand. So different, different. Yeah. Place, in the different place, but close. Yeah. I'm, just, I, I'm still, in, I'm still in contact with her. Um, when my old business partner wrecked me and stole like eight grand from her account and disappeared. Uh, she was the one that helped me uh, track him down because she was That's friends with story. She was friends with her, uh, his sister and I tracked him down and I stole his car.
2: <laughs> All right. All right. I I, 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 I held days. his car hostage
1: until he gave me two grand of the money he stole. <laughs> and the whole time Lori was in the car laughing at him she she is actually a really really fun person to be around but she never mastered the the girl voice so you look at this person who looks like a girl in every sense of the word but when she talks her voice is as deep as mine got it
0: yeah but the joke was thailand remember the thailand joke I do remember. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes,
0: that was, yeah, that was my that was
1: friend funny. from time. Di- <laughs> Your friend I, from Di- I'm, my brain is not 100% right now. That's fine uh, no, actually.
0: No. Yeah, don't 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 hold Brian accountable, guys. Uh it, releasing this weekend. If you're interested in uh, checking it out is The Exorcist Believer is coming out this weekend. It has not seen good reviews, folks. Unfortunately, it's sitting at 21% on the Rotten Tomato meter. 117 critic reviews. critics do not like this movie, but based on the previews, there's some serious horror stuff going on. So if you're looking for something new to watch, uh, that is what's coming out this weekend. Am I, am I
1: in the wrong page? Where is that? It says December,
0: December, 2023. It's no domestic 2023. I'm in the wrong page. Just hit the home button there. It'll take you. Yeah, I see it now. The Exorcist, Ble- yeah. So that's kind of what's coming up for box office stuff. Um, there's really not a whole lot out there to watch. So um, but because re-
1: because movies aren't good anymore, Shane.
0: Yeah. So so it's interesting that you said because you were telling me, and I and I I was like really hopeful. I think you said like the creator could be like the movie of the year. I think you mentioned that maybe a week ago or something like that. I said it could Me be, yeah, but it probably won't be. So I went to the theater and watched it and kind of in this hopefulness because I really wanted, um, I really wanted not only for the movie to be good, but because it was a science fiction movie, I was really hoping that it was like uh, this next level, really great uh, movie. And I also wanted to see, because I'm a huge fan of, uh, of, of Washington of David Washington, John David Washington, that I really wanted to see him because 10, it was not good. It was not a good movie in my no. opinion and it didn't do him well. And I really wanted to see him come up and, and do well. Uh, so tenant tenant. Tenant. Yeah. I really wanted to see him come up and do well. Uh, so I went and I saw it and, and I gotta be honest with you. I thought that the movie started out actually pretty darn good. Um, it was interesting. It was very science fiction. Of course, it's about AI and how, um, In this universe, I I can't I couldn't tell if it's supposed to be our universe or if it's another universe because they spend the first few minutes of the movie showing you like decades of history using robotics and how like robots helped us in the home, you know, and then when you actually get to the movie, it's 40 years like 2068 is when this happens. So perhaps but what was weird is like all the footage was like old black and white stuff. So I couldn't tell, like, and maybe that's part of the initial problem of the movie is you really couldn't tell.
1: Yeah, uh, what why was going would it, on. yeah if it's our universe? Why would it be in black and white? Right. So immediately, uh, you know, because
0: I'm a logical person, I'm sitting here going, okay, this is obviously not present day. This is in our Earth we're talking also, about. Also,
1: also on any universe, if 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 your past, if you have this uh, sentient robots cleaning your house. Uh, when they started doing that your past would not be black and white i mean like the normal trend like technology yeah. path would eventually lead to color before way before it got to ai
0: you would think so but i they wanted to show like that it was historical in some way so it was kind of like almost like these 50s set it was very weird it felt like old 50s commercials where the the kitchen of tomorrow you know that kind of that whole that whole feel yeah i understand this stick now. Yeah. Yeah. So it so it kinda comes out. You find out in this movie, and you know, there's a few spoilers here for anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, just heads up. Uh, you find out that the the AI dropped a bomb uh on Los Angeles. It's did a really fantastic job. The visuals on this movie are freaking stunning. Right. Not a big surprise since the cinematographer from Dune is also the guy who does who did this movie. Of course. It is. So I get that. And um It does. It makes a lot of sense. Even showing like Los Angeles with this giant nuclear crater, this crater where a bomb went off, they show it. You know, it's it's really cool. Um, Gareth, it's a Gareth Edwards film, and of course, you can go back and look at uh, some of the work that he's done, like on Rogue One. He's got some actually really good stuff that he's done. Okay, and I think that he wanted to do a really good job with this movie, The Creator. I think John David Washington, like, there's a moment where you think he's going to come into the role. But then as the movie elongates, it just kind of never finds itself and you never really find his full potential, I think in the role. And so it kind of becomes interesting. And there's, there's a couple of weird things that don't make sense. Uh, His parents were killed. His family was killed by this bomb in Los Angeles. They couldn't get out. And he's like a special forces guy who lost uh, his arm and a leg um apparently during the bombing as well so he's supposed to like really hate these ai that, that we see in the film but yet he's been embedded with them as like an undercover agent and he spent like like perhaps years with them he's got like uh one of the girls pregnant and he's gonna have a kid with her wait he you, like you got you got an ai it. pregnant it wasn't ai it was a it was a human oh but um <clears throat> but he's, he's with this AI family, like all these AI people that he's spending like all this time with. And it's weird because he has this like huge bias against the AI, even after uh, the, 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 after he ends up getting out of the, this initial uh, undercover thing. And so there's just like, there's a couple of things that just doesn't make, that don't make sense with the movie. Right. You're like, well, what's the character's motivation here? Why would he think that? And then you have that typical plot where, You know, you've got the baby Yoda, the last of us, you know, it's, it's the The professional guy and the little girl that needs to be saved. Right. Right. You know, so it's, it's like typical story. So while the creator, I think it's something, it's a movie that actually lost opportunity because if they had just had good writing, I think this movie was salvageable. You know, they, they were, I think they were so concerned with the visuals and they did a stunning job of doing it. But if they had, if they had really gone in and said, well, let's write a, a story that's, that's creative. I mean, I was getting like star Wars vibes. I'm like, okay. So the USA is like the empire. Right. Right. And these AIs are like the rebels. Right. So it was like this hodgepodge of, of different science fiction genre films or shows or movies. And it didn't feel like there was anything truly original except for the artwork I mean of course you got that scene where you know the AIs you can see through the ears right and it's like hollow back there and you can just see the front right. of the face very cool stuff it had a very blade runner feel it just feels like he borrowed from a whole bunch of things so what could have been an incredible movie kind of ends up being this okay movie that's like feels like a regurgitation and nothing really truly original so
1: yeah and uh, from what i gather boring it was slow
0: I mean, it was slow. There's worse slow movies. Um, And it starts out strong. But, you know, as we advance some years into the movie, it just gets weirdly, you know, drawn out. The relationship between um, the hero and the AI child, uh, you don't truly understand why he changes his feelings about AI. All of a sudden now he's very protective, you know. And, and it happens prematurely, I think, before there's really a, a, a developed relationship. Right. So there's just flaws, and it's all writing flaws, and there's no excuse for it because, you know, we we want things to be visually appealing. It's incredibly important that we do so, but at the same time, uh, if the story isn't isn't strong, isn't good, then it doesn't matter. And this got me thinking, like, what happened to all the great movies, Brian? Oh, like, they're gone, Shane. They're gone. I mean, it's a good point. I'm going to go through them here. So in 2023, for me so far, and, I, and you tell me what you think. For me so far, like the bar is Dungeons & Dragons. So far in 2023, despite these rent these various blockbuster movies, Dungeons & Dragons is like the best movie of the year for me so far. And right. we're in October. Right. Okay. And so if you go back to 2022, right? Right you've got uh, the best movies of the year for me were Top Gun Maverick and Bullet Train. Those were the two good movies, but were they great movies? Like uh, Top Gun Maverick was, you know, was, it was great seeing, you know, Maverick after all these years, seeing a Top Gun two essentially, but it was more nostalgic than it was like just an incredible movie. And while Bullet Train was cool and had lots of great effects and some good acting, I wouldn't consider it a great movie. Right. Right. You roll back to 2021. You got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, you got Free Guy, which which was unique and different. Uh, my favorite, uh, Sing Two, which was my favorite of the year. And uh, but those they were good movies, but they weren't great movies, they weren't great movies, they were just right? good. No right. great movies. Go back to 2019. Or uh, sorry, go back to 2020. Fantasy Island
1: was probably the best movie of 2020. Well, the Bloom House version? Yeah. I mean, probably, I, 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 I liked the movie, closely. but it was the best one, really.
0: I looked closely at two There wasn't a lot of, I mean, it was because of COVID. Right. Obviously, tough year. But I looked at it and I'm like, I think this is the best movie of the year. And it's not a great movie. Yeah. I like now, the let's movie go, though. But it was good. It was good movie. Good movie. So let's go back to 2019. Okay, here's the movies that came out that were good or great. Endgame. Oh, yeah. Joker. Yeah. Knives Out. Yeah. Rocket Man. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uncut Gems. Jumanji The Next Level. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ford versus Ferrari. Are you getting what I'm saying here?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good Look movies.
0: At all the movies that came out. Now Joker to me was probably the great movie of that year. Oh, Endgame was Endgame Endgame was the culmination of a bunch of movies. Right. I don't know if Endgame in itself by itself was a great movie. Yeah, but it was a
1: masterpiece, so
0: it had one of the great movie lines, um, probably of all time, with the on you know, on your left. But the callback, best
1: if- callback of all time
0: for sure. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't know if it was, it it definitely wasn't by itself
1: the greatest movie. Yeah, Joker was pretty good, though. Pretty good. Joker was like epic, epic. I I expected uh, to not care, and I really enjoyed that movie. Right. So when you go back Mm -hmm. and look
0: at all this and you see, like, I was mentioning, what, one or two movies maybe in a year that were like kind of good. Right. And then you go back to 2019 and there are literally like eight movies, eight or nine movies that were like, you know, that that were really, really good movies, if not great movies. Right. So what's happened? Are we on this COVID hangover? Have the studios, did did the time off ruin writers? Uh, Did it ruin like a momentum? Give me your opinion on what you think's
1: happened. I think that they, um, that they had always started to do their little checkboxing nonsense where we're going to slowly push our agendas into our, into our movies and TV shows. And it really went, it really skyrocketed their efforts skyrocketed during COVID because, because of the control they had on their audience. Mm. Is it
0: because people sat at home and they didn't have a whole lot to do and they just, they they got stuck in their own little echo chambers and become worse versions of themselves. Do you think? I don't know, but it's
1: like it's everything now. Everything has some kind of social agenda baked in, and you can't get away from it. You can't escape it. You, I cannot watch anything new without being harassed by some kind of social agenda. I can't. Well, that's for TV, but I'm talking.
0: But in movies, or even I in would movies. Argue I would argue that most of the movies that we talk, I mean, look, let's look at them. Look at Oppenheimer. Let's look at creator. Let's look at many of these movies that
1: came out this year. They really didn't have agenda stuff in them, but they just weren't good. Well, I mean, Oppenheimer, maybe maybe not because it was set of where it was set. And Chris Nolan is, is not going to add that stuff into that setting, but you know, even Dungeons and Dragons, which you liked and I liked, uh, they had some of the gay agenda in there. Just enough. Just enough to to make sure that they check that box. Um, Barbie, obviously we talked about that. Mm. You, you cannot watch a movie now without some kind of checkboxing going on. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting having to watch every movie first before I can take my kids to see a movie before I can put it on, to make sure that there isn't some kind of woke agenda being shoved down our throat, no pun intended, it's crazy. And it's not just TV, but it's very prevalent in TV because we get more of that. But almost every movie has something, some kind of checkboxing. So what the way I see it is, is that a lot of these writers... Are over there circle jerking themselves off and smelling their own farts about how much the how much social justice they can fit in a movie, instead of making a good movie, mm. because because now a large metric for making a good movie is how much boxes you can check in said movie.
0: Well, not for making a good movie, just for making a movie. So I would say that, that I would say right. that the checklist is for being able to get a movie out there is that so who do we hold responsible but, but
1: that get that gets in the sundances and the oscars and the awards and the celebrities talking and the and even the hate watches when people uh write about how splinter is uh gay or whatever in the name new in tmt mm. tmnt like there is a there's 100 percent there is a a motive to this and and i don't even know if all the writers know what it is but the studios that are signing off on all the checkboxing, um, I think that they have a plan that is, is usually centered on money. And sometimes it actually works. Sometimes they can make something that didn't cost very much and they can get more than enough views to make plenty of money on it because of all the social justice they put into it. And then sometimes it fails flat, because, like, like that movie Bros, where it was so offensive that no one went to watch it even the gaze that it was about.
0: <laughs> right. That's a good point. I mean, when you look at the box office numbers, especially just looking at, just look at this year's, you know, um, you know, you look at Barbie sitting up top, you know, arguably could be a good, could be a great movie if the message wasn't so wrong and bad, uh, but it was shot well, done well. So it could have been. Guardians of the Galaxy fell. I mean, it was it was still a better movie not agenda-based, but fell flat, right? Um, Fast X, let's just laugh and move on. Um, Well, there's no agenda there. It was just not a great movie. Uh, And then you've got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which, you know, it's hard to call cartoons great movies.
1: It's hard to call, you know, Across the Spider-Verse a good movie, too, because it's like, it, it, for me, it's like, okay, it's, so it's a must-see movie if you're watching the Spider-Man movies, but it's also like the in-between movie between the first movie and whatever whatever ending movie. If they eventually even make a third movie, what do you mean? No. Because right. most of the artists that worked in that movie were like, yeah, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too much work. So like, well, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they made an entire movie that is supposed to be the bridge between two movies, and we don't even know if we're going to get a third movie, which is crazy. And the movies that were supposed
0: to be great movies you got mission impossible dead reckoning part one which wasn't a bad movie but it just didn't elevate itself to a level of you know any more than any great any good action movie does these days it really wasn't much more than that other than tom cruise's excellent you know crazy stunts
1: right oh yeah that's something too. that so i'm sorry but (laughs) the mission impossible franchise it might be making a lot of money but like it's just like John Wick At this point We're all invested in the universe And we're going to see it through But it is It really is sort of a shadow of what it once was Like John Wick You watch the newest John Wick I mean shit you watch 2, 3, and 4 It's like Every single <clears throat> Every single movie is so Jam packed Full of Keanu Reeves Killing people <laughs> It's like, oh, this movie is an hour and forty-two minutes, and an hour and thirty-six minutes is Keanu Reeves fighting people. Mm. And you get to this point where you're like, okay, I get it. But like, there's gotta be some kind of thoughtfulness. There's gotta be some kind of some some gimme give gimme give a little more depth to this movie. Um, like the first John Wick, you know, he there was a motive. There was like there was like three you know, a three dimensional character that you really wanted to see get revenge and now it's like John Wick killed thirteen thousand people yesterday. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, same well, I mean, with
1: same with like Mission Mission Impossible is like, okay, we get it. It's Tom Cruise doing his thing. Great. So at what point though does this become does this does this add depth? M Fast and Furious. You can name it. Every one of these big franchises are just no there's no substance anymore.
0: Well, it's not just there's no substance, but you said it yourself. So Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Fast 10, Cross the spider versus the second movie, Mission Impossible. How many movies before that? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, another uh, additional movie. Uh, John Wick Chapter 4, Meg 2, Indiana Jones 5, Creed 3, Nun 2, Scream 6, Equalizer 3, Shazam 2. I mean, all of these movies are just trying to make more money off of their IP instead of coming out with something Unique and special like say like Oppenheimer or even Barbie, I guess you'd say, which did really well or Super Mario Brothers. They did well at the box office because yeah. that should send a signal to all of these studios that people want new, unique
1: products. We oh, yeah. don't want to continue yeah, with Saw 10. guys. No, and, and you got a good point because like Mario Brothers is it's, it's based on old property, but it's new. Yeah. And it made a ton of money. Barbie. Based on old based on something on, on something we've all remembered, but also new and very unique. For all the crap I talk on Barbie, listen, that movie is well made. Yes, it is. Um it's not only well made, but it's actually very clever. Now, I don't like the messaging and to be frank with you, I don't like musicals. And when I finally watched Wait, this you don't movie, like Grease? Stop. I'll stop. Uh, well, like no. There, are, okay. So there are parts of Greece that okay. I that that are so good that I will completely uh devoid all the singing. Plus the music is better, <laughs> and and you know I I'm, I'm into the '50s girls thing. To be all honest, right, all right, fair enough. Like, dude, I'm really into like the Pink Ladies. <laughs> hot. What a what a time to be alive. <laughs> okay. Um, no, but I'm I'm just not a big I'm just not a big musical fan. And I mean, look, the grease had like better shape, bum. I mean, like, good music, and Barbie <laughs> no, was okay, like, move on, move "We're on, going to the party." We got- <laughs> it's okay. Okay, I get it. Um, but it was very clever, very mm-hmm. well made. Oppenheimer, literally the exact opposite of Barbie. Uh, all take all the fun and just completely strip it out and make it a but I mean, clever and but and very unique. clever, unique, and well made. Mm-hmm. Also extremely slow. But we did get Florence Fu, whatever her name is, with no clothes. So I'll take it. True. Yeah. Um, The thing is, though, what is selling people now are these event movies that might be based on something, but they are also new. Mm. But to be fair, Mission Impossible 37 also made plenty of money.
0: I mean, it made plenty of money, but it's sitting at number eight. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's. I mean, listen, uh, Fast X made more. Well, but that's a worldwide movie
1: thing. Uh, Little Mermaid did,
0: made more money than Mission Impossible.
1: You know, so, Little, Little Mermaid should have been great. Right. But you totally ruined that, that entire concept. I don't understand how you have this story that is already written for you. This story mm. that millions and millions and millions of people already love or already invested in. They're like, you no, know no, what? No. We'll go with something else. Let's change it. Let's change it. Already <laughs> invested in this perfect story. You've already <laughs> written. You've already written the perfect movie, and we all love it. You have fans from from seven years old to forty seven years old already love that. And you know what? Let's change it. Let's change it all. <laughs> Everything. Like all, all. Like all. All the base elements. Let's completely change it, and and they'll still watch it. And guess what? It wasn't a good movie. Sorry, it wasn't a good movie. It wasn't. And she's not even a very good singer. So I have no idea why you cast her. To this To this day, I don't, I don't get it.
0: Okay, well said. And here, so here's the solution. So let's go back. Listen, Hollywood, just listen for a second. Let's go back to 2019 for a second, okay? And let's try to remember where we were at, what we were doing, what types of movies we were trying to make. And let's re-kickstart. We understand everybody got lazy during COVID. They were sitting around in their underwear. It was hard getting back to work but now it's time to get things rolling again properly. Stop with the woke nonsense. Let's get back to writing good stories and getting them on screen. That's what we need. Um, hopefully the creative juices will get flowing again for, for next year, because so far, I mean, unless the, uh, the movie coming up with Martin Scorsese and, um and, um, Titanic. Oh, guy, uh, Leonardo he, yeah, DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio, unless that movie turns out amazing, which I'm hoping it does. Uh Dungeons Dragons is probably gonna win the year. So
1: Yeah, what what movie is that again? That uh, I, it's
0: like sunrise of the moon of of Native Americans who got their oil yeah, and right. try to be I gotta be the honest, I,
1: I watched the preview and I was like, this doesn't this is like this is like pure Oscar Bait.
0: Dude, they nailed the music for that preview.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, like it's
0: good. really good. The the timing of it. Like that's a really good preview or yeah. trailer.
1: It, it it is um it is, it looks like it's going to be a great movie, and it's pure like, like just bait, like get me, get me, give me an Oscar kind of a thing. And I gotta, I gotta, I, I normally don't like period pieces, like, I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, like you you showed me the trailer for Oppenheimer, I was like, Ugh, who gives a shit about this? <laughs> um, but that trailer it did something for me. Like I, I was more interested in like, I haven't, heard, I don't know what that story is. I'm down to hear that story. It looks great. Plus Leonardo DiCaprio is, is a G he's a really he good is. actor. He really is. And um, that might, that might be one of those movies that, that break my rule about watching movies uh, about true stories from 100 years ago. I don't give a shit. Um, I'll go watch that. All right. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't have watched Oppenheimer if we weren't reviewing it for the show. I had zero interest.
0: I mean, every and ty- We have to figure that the types of movies and your taste plays something into it,
1: you know. And uh, yeah, so and I, you know, I ain't never any interest in Barbie either, but but you know, respect respect the game. Like that, that's it's a good movie on its on its face. I am just not interested in the story, the story didn't do it for me, and well, the, the story music wasn't the, bad. It was the, the message was terrible. The message, sorry, and the music, the modern music is modern music is so. Goddamn horrible right now. It's it's like 90% of modern music is garbage. And I sound like that old guy who's you about do. to fade off into the bushes right now or yelling at screaming at the, at the waves. But it really is not good. It's not
2: well, good.
0: And that's a great transition because we're going to talk about a new movie coming out real soon with uh, guys made about... It's a movie made about us. It's a movie made about guys in their 40s and 50s who just don't understand shit going on these Did days. you see Dumb Money? Did you see Dumb Money? I no, not yet.
1: But you that's missed- not the movie I'm
0: talking about. I'm I know, but, about- but
1: just real real quick, you're missing out if you haven't seen it yet.
0: Uh I'll end up watching it,
1: but I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but is it yeah. it is a great representation of exactly what happened in yeah. t- in, in 2019 to to, to now. To now.
0: Well, it was fresh.
1: So, well, not what well, would have been 20
0: 20- 2021
1: yeah honestly it was it was i had such a good time with that movie
2: yeah and, I'll and, and
1: it. i can't stand pete whatever his name davidson is. Yeah. pete davidson i don't like him but in this movie it worked probably because the main character is making fun of him the entire epic time which yeah is yeah
0: well pete davidson's hosting snl this saturday and which is like why wow. do you guys keep doing this he's promoting he's promoting dumb money but dumb money's really yeah. good yeah so but the movie that we're talking about is actually uh i saw the trailer and i was like Okay, this is this represents us perfectly. Yeah, old dads or whatever. Old dads is what it's called. And uh, let me just pull up here. Yeah, you
1: want to you want to show the trailer? Can we? We can try. Like, what are they gonna do? Demonetize us? <laughs> let's go. Let's go. All right, let's do it. This movie. Th- when I saw this movie, I was like, I can't. I can't wait for this to come out, and it comes out like on my birthday. <laughs> so, it does, October twentieth. Oh uh, yeah, as so my October, my birthday is the day afterwards. But so I'll, I'll take it. Here we go. I always wanted to be a dad. It just took 46 years for it to happen. Just rub some
2: dirt
1: on it. might want to wait. stop. so? I'm going to pause it randomly to so avoid the copyright. But okay. Uh, I love where he's like, just rub some dirt on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Really, yeah, that's right. Really, because that's, I mean, that's like, like that's all we were taught. And this, 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 the guy that comes up to him with the skinny guy with the glasses is like, well, you might want to put some Neal's porn on that.
0: Right. You know, shout out to Netflix for, you know, doing this. You know, Netflix has, you know, I respect to those guys because they just want to make money, <laughs> you know, because they know there's an audience right. for this. But can you imagine any studio making this movie? No, absolutely no way. Uh, this is going to be out only on Netflix, so we don't get to see it in the theater. Uh, but yeah, I'll be renewing my Netflix subscription to to see this. It's a shame that we're a little over two weeks out from it airing, and
1: this is the first I'm hearing about it. Right, so. it's sort of wild. Um, when I, I'll I'll hear about something going on Netflix, going on on Netflix for a year before it comes out, and this is the first like that that trailer came out like a week ago. That's Weird. a shame. I don't know. It looks great though, and uh, I love I love Bill Burr. Bill uh, Burr, whatever his name is, um, I think he's great. Uh, I can't wait to see it. It's gonna, look, it's gonna look looks great. I'm gonna watch it with my wife, and we're all we're just gonna sit there and just life laugh, laugh our heads up. I wish it was coming out in the theater
0: so we could like gauge the audience what they want to watch. This would be one of those movies that the left would probably attack, you know. And, oh yeah. Uh, you know, the, the only bad thing about it coming on Netflix is that we won't know how many people w- wanted to watch it. You know, we can't we can't take the temperature of the barometer, you know, to find out, you know, that, right, you know, how many people wouldn't watch it. So that's the only bummer about it. But at least we're getting content like this because I think, you know, we need content that also, you know, reflects the other vision of what's going on in culture, the other version of what's happening. I'm not saying it's a right or I hate couching it as like a left thing because the thing is, I know the left will attack it. Right. Um, Just because it's not, doesn't fall into line with social norms. Right. And anything that doesn't fall into line with social norms gets attacked by the left wing Mm -hmm. of our country.
1: We're a gender, queer, neutral, uh, uh, carbon neutral lifestyle brand. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. I hate that. We, I hate that,
0: that going again, I hate that that the left makes everyone a, a conservator on the right. I hate that everyone, you know, I hate that the left puts everybody on the right because I really enjoyed being in the middle, you know, and now it's it's put us in a position where I find myself disagreeing with people on the left constantly. And it's 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 been pushing me further and further to the right, I guess, in their opinion. And, uh, and we're seeing it in a lot of things, but movies like this, we need more of them. So guys like Bill Burr, they're not afraid to go out there and put it out there. Um and hopefully we get more of it.
1: Yeah. And by the way, uh Dark, Dark Knight, you gotta tell me how you got Netflix for free with T Mobile, because I have T Mobile. So <laughs> I would love would love to save twenty dollars a month.
0: Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well that's it for the movie stuff.
1: Yeah, and what's uh what's next there, Shane? Uh well, do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit Quantum Leap season two episode Quantum... one since we got, came out? Quantum Leap, bro. Okay. All right. So talking about checking boxes. I'm not sure if you guys watched this, uh, the season premiere of season two of Quantum Leap, but dude, it was like the first t- like 10 minutes in, it was a feminist thing. Well, because I wasn't born a man, I can't even do the jobs like I'm qualified to do immediately, right? And then I'm like, I'm just going to let that go. I just Let's move on. I'm sure it's a product of its time, whatever. It's, they're talking about 1975. I'm sure like a lieutenant, you know. Was it 75? Or 85 or something like that.
0: It was between the end of, of for sure, it was between the end of Vietnam and whenever MacGyver aired. Right, because they didn't know who MacGyver was, and they and it was
1: after Vietnam. Right, and by the way, his constant references to the future, like once or twice, it's it's funny, but like he did it constantly, mm. to the point where they contain and the joke was lo- Like the joke wasn't funny anymore after the fourth time when they're like, "Who's that?" What are you talking about? Like, okay,
0: I get it, bro. Right? Yeah. No, that, even <laughs> Scott Bakula used to do that in in the original show, and it it works. It is good. Uh, I think part of it might have been that he didn't have uh, his person from the future to play off of. You know, he didn't have
1: his owl or whatever. Well, so um, 15 minutes in, 15 minutes after the the feminist box was was clearly checked and hard checked, like someone like mm. stamped it and colored it in a little check with like. Black marker, um, boom! The gay, the gay, the gay check mark just popped up. Yeah, you I get, missed that
0: one. Which one was that
1: one? Oh, the guy was on the landmine, and all yeah. of a sudden he's like, "I gotta tell you, the reason I couldn't stay in the military is because I loved a man." You know, and he started telling like his oh, life story about how he's yeah. gay, and everyone's like, "What the fuck does this have to do with the story at all?" Like nothing at all, and like they get him yeah. off there, um, and then. I gotta be honest. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. At some point, finally, Ian gets a hold gets a hold of Ben. And and I guess the reveal spoiler alert is that like the the program was shut down and took him like three years to find Ben or something. I don't know. Who cares? But Ben goes, "You look different, Ian." And he's like, "It's been three years." Ben didn't look. Ian didn't look any fucking different. Okay, <laughs> he looked exactly the way he looked
0: during the that flashbacks is a good point, that were taking
1: that that were supposed to be taking place like five, seven, ten years ago. That's actually a good point. Yeah, he didn't look any different. And to be fair, he didn't look very much different when when Ben leaped thirty years in the future either. Ian apparently is immortal because he looks the exact same every time. So every time they talk about how, what happened to you, Ian. One, He looks identical to the way he looked in the flashbacks, except for he's wearing a black wig in the flashbacks. And just note, guys, we're not going to be covering this
0: every week. So, uh, we're going to talk about the the first episode. We're going to talk about the fact that it's back. We're going to talk about what we think about it. But we're not going to be doing a weekly breakdown of it because it's it's going to quickly die, I think. I I mean, I don't know. It's not going to end up being worth spending a segment on every week talking about. So... Uh, maybe we'll hit it every once in a while when it's topical
1: it's like it's like immediately like oh hey season premiere let's just start checking boxes that have no bearing on the story whatsoever okay let's knock it out and more bad news
0: scott Bakula is taking a uh he's going to be on doing theater so he's not you know so he's probably not coming back to the series you know we and we're not going to keep holding a torch for it if he's you know, if he's going to be in New York keeping himself busy, he's not going to be shooting uh, Quantum Leap. So we can pretty much put that one
1: away. Too. Yeah. and If Scott does come back, then we'll cover it. But yeah,
0: 100 you know. percent. But there's no point. I don't I also, don't see the point.
1: I, I just realized when I was watching this show that they're in the military. Like, like, uh, what's her name? The Ben's fiance Addison Addison is in the military. And we've never seen her in, in a uniform, in a uniform. I know not one time because they'd have to put her hair up and they don't want to do that. It's so weird though, how she keeps referencing herself being in the military. I always thought when we were watching the first season, she was in the military. Now she's working for like the DOD or something. No, she's yeah. still in the military. She just never wears a uniform. And like, mm. if you've ever been in the unit in the military, that's not a, you have to wear a uniform. Okay. Mm. It's very odd that these military people aren't wearing uniforms and that everything is so casual and it just feels so like sort of like strange new worlds, except this is the actual military, like not like the future military. This is the actual military. It doesn't make any sense. There's no military bearing whatsoever. Um, Ian is started off as a good character and now is just massively unbelievable and uninteresting and just it bothers me every time I see him on, on screen or well,
0: day on screen
1: now, whatever
0: it is. And I don't, I don't think it's possible to do a show like this now because the cool thing about quantum leap was when you, when you leap back into history, especially in the, in the eighties when the first quantum leap show came out, you were leaping back and talking about difficult times that our country had, but we were doing it in a time when we were just becoming truly aware of 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 how troublesome racism was and sexism and all those things we didn't really have a good viewpoint on that and so it was almost bringing an awareness right to what people went through historically but it is so nowadays at the very top of the it's it's at the top of the cream you know it's at the top of the you know it's everybody's very aware and
1: so when you watch, yeah, you something can't like not this, be aware you literally right. like, like my 12 year old knows all about systemic racism at 12 right. years old. It makes no so, sense. So when you do a
0: show that now highlights that it just removed the whole point of of entertainment, which is to kind of escape reality. Uh, back then, we needed our we needed our entertainment to give us a little bit of reality, at least a touch of it to kind of give us a little understanding of what was happening in society. Star Trek did it right? Quantum leap did it in its time. Society has been overrun. The the, the things happening with our society is the new religion. Like religion is slowly dying and it's being replaced with this populism religion, which is is what we have happening now. And so when you watch shows like this, it really makes people like us more disgusted having to, yeah, we knew that obviously in the late seventies, early eighties, if you were gay, you couldn't be in the military. Mm
2: -hmm. Everybody knows that,
0: right? That's the way. The way it was, okay, right. and we also knew that women didn't have as many opportunities in the late '70s, early '80s, right? And that's it. Not until 1994 could a women could a woman even be in combat.
1: So I'm even shocked that they put her in this. Yeah. War. Which, by the way, so, it's funny because I'm 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 looking at this. I'm like, wait a minute. So she's a officer, a lieutenant who's on an active, dangerous right. mission right. behind enemy lines. I'm like, wait a minute. This doesn't track. Like, yeah. yeah, you would have less opportunity as a woman, but you also wouldn't be in a plane over Russia.
0: Right. Exactly. Like it so, n-
1: doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, it's like so they they want Uber their cake and eat it too. We want to complain about these problems from our past, but we also want to completely ignore like this just history in general and just only talk about the things that bother us. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's,
0: well, that's the echo chamber that everybody lives in. Right. And so now what's happening is entertainment is living in its own echo chamber. Right. I will say a couple of positives. I, I Raymond Lee has grown on me. The guy who plays Dr. Ben song. Yeah. I actually like him now. Uh, it took a while to get there, but I like him as, as the, as the, the leaper as the jumper. Um, I like her and I like him in that role. And he has become a character I can watch. I don't know if I can go forward watching this show every week. Um, part of me wants to, but part of me doesn't want to have to deal with all of the woke kind of garbage so. i mean
1: to to be fair, I'll watch it uh because there's not much else to watch and um and there is a tiny possibility it gets better, but <sighs> we said that during season one and it just continued it's, you know it's not it started avoided. so much stronger in season it one did. and derailed itself like halfway through. You're right. Um, we got a super chat from Drew D. Thank you, Drew D. Thank you, Drew. For $10 over at streamlabs.com slash the podcast live. Link is at the top right and in the chat pinned. And Drew almost got that podcast unleashed hero. Yeah. really close, really close. So what Drew D says, and you know, I agree. He says, uh, I'm trying to put it on the screen. Oh, I put it in the wrong one. My bad, guys.
0: Um, well, you put it in the member section. I did. I did. By the way, at the end of this, if you guys stick around and you want to join the member section, you'll have an opportunity at the end of this. So we'll we'll send you over there.
1: Yeah. What Drew D says here, he says, the box checking was horrendous, but how about the lack of attention detail? Did you notice Ben never actually brought the medical bag and he never actually fixed the antenna? Like, what the fuck? And that's And that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. true. He talks about, oh, I, I, can fi- I fixed these when I was a kid. They wanted the MacGyver line. First off, you know for a fact that Ben is got to be aware that there's no way that was around as a kid. So, like, the joke, the jokes he was making was fun, but like, he kept making them to the point where it was like started to become an eye roll thing. He never fixed, I would have liked to have actually fixed the radio. Never, never bothered. Didn't even bother. Well, and also, how old is Ben? Apparently, uh, apparently, he's 78 years old. <laughs> well, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like, like he, I mean, what is he? He's 35? 30? He's 30. 30? Right. 30. So he wouldn't even been born when MacGyver came out. That's true. You know true. what I'm saying? Although it, so is a, it
1: is a term a lot of people still use, even though they haven't really seen the show.
0: That's that's a good point. But my kids would never say MacGyver. But, yeah. uh, but Donald P. Belisario, who, uh, who did, you know, quantum leap originally and is doing this quantum leap is, was also involved in MacGyver to some degree. So I think that's probably why they used it. Um, but yeah, he seems to know a lot about history and I know he's a smart guy and all, but that was the cool thing about being in Scott Bakula's time frame like jump leaping around in his, in his timeline, because when they did that, he obviously knew everything that happened in his timeline from the time he was a kid until he right. was older. So it made sense. Uh, they, they, jumping out of the timeline really he should be more of a fish out of water like i know he's a smart guy but in this show he's in this episode he's like speaking russian fluently in a flu- <laughs> in russian accent i mean he's just
1: he can do anything and yeah. and i don't like the fact that he can leap outside of his own timeline that completely breaks like the the idea of the quantum leap project in the first place
0: right and his friends like the character the person he's leapt into Uh, should have called him to the carpet more on the fact that he knew how to do all these things. They said, oh, you're keeping these secrets from us. It really should have been more of a a focal point. If they were going to write it into the story that he was going to completely not even pretend to be anybody but himself, essentially, he wasn't pretending to be the character of this episode. He was just Ben Song. Right. Right. And uh, they should have,
1: in their writing, called him to the carpet to some degree on it. So, yeah, there's a lot of problems. Yeah. Maze also talks about, uh, he said that maybe he's talking about the MacGyver reboot. OK, well, that's actually it's not currently on NBC, but it was no, on NBC no, no, no. a couple of years ago. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, you know, you know, Terry Metallus worked on on the last season of that, right? He did. Yeah. yeah. Which was the season where we got uh, Jerry Ryan. Coincidentally enough, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why does he need Addison? Why does he need Addison? He doesn't need Addison. Yeah, I mean, that one well, there, there's some interesting
0: things they threw in for season one. So now we're going to find out it's been three years. Right. So did Addison move on? They thought he was dead. Right. Here's another thing like, I I don't even, I didn't want to get into it, but how did Ian like find him? Uh, He showed up and then Ben leaped. Now, uh, anyways, there's just all kinds of issues they got with what they're doing here. Um, Yeah. To be determined.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of unresolved things in the first, from the first season to the second. I don't even fully understand. Oh, they it.
0: chose. So there was an article that came out. The producers chose to go three years. The reason why is they didn't want to deal with that complicated end of the first season. They didn't want to have to try to like get out of that mush. They just wanted to get into the action of the second season. Essentially, what they what they're saying is is, wow, we really wrote ourselves into a shitty corner, and we don't want to try to work ourselves out of it. So we're just going to give a three year time frame so we can just like move on all of a sudden. Uh, 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 that that came out this morning. I'm shocked.
1: Wait, so. wait, wait, wait. So, so he leapt once, and all of a sudden, it's been three years. Yes. How the f does that make any sense?
0: He leapt once, but to them, it's been three years.
1: So he leapt from his older self. Because I like, remember, leapt he, remember the leapt, last jump. Yeah. So he leapt into somebody that was in the future. Remember that? Yep. I don't know who that person was, by the way. No one does. Apparently, <laughs> like he, the, he just leapt, and all of a sudden, he's in the future. Remember, guys, he has to inhabit someone's body. So just, like, showing up all of a sudden there, and Ian just knowing exactly who he was immediately, there was no question when, like, old Ian with his stupid spirit Halloween wig was like, (laughs) Ben, is that you? (laughs) Hey, why would you assume after 30 years the random guy walking around your old lab is you? And why would you still be there? Like, there's so many questions where'd you get that wig bro it's really bad and then all of a sudden he leaps now he's back in 1978 or whatever and it's been three years like the logic of this doesn't make any sense like there's zero logic to you have to follow your own rules if you write rules to your tv show you have to follow your own rules right yeah for the love of god
2: makes no sense. you're
0: supposed to but anyway, so so that's it for Quantum Leap Season 2, Episode 1. Um, we're, yeah. So this, don't expect us to talk about it every week, but maybe as if something interesting comes up, we'll throw it into chat about it. Um, at this point, I think we're going to go to the member section. In the member section, we're going to talk about um, uh, California is going to start paying fast food workers 20 bucks an hour. And they could get up to $26 an hour going into 2027. And if you don't think that number is crazy, because we do, then whoo! And we're going to talk about that and what that means for the rest of the country. Um, we're also going to be talking about this uh, this job fair that men invaded um, mm-hmm. for women and non-binary. So we're going to be talking about yeah. those two things in the member section. We hope you join us, uh, Brian. How can they come join us in the member section?
1: Yeah, and we're also gonna, I'm also going to make sure everyone knows why I'm not watching any Star Star Wars stuff anymore. So stop, everyone's going to stop okay. asking me. I'm not watching any more Star. Wars. I am not watching any star wars anymore i'm completely done with it i won't be reviewing it i won't be talking about it i'm done with star wars
2: okay that's interesting
1: um you can find us very simply uh in the description at the very top of the description is going to be a link that leads you directly to our member section i'm also putting it in the chat and i'm going to unpin the other one and pin that and if you do nothing, like if you're just like, you know what, I don't want to click on anything. It's too much work for me to move my hand three inches to the left and click on something. Then you can just do ain't do nothing, and the stream will will. Uh, I'm actually actually not actually sure that will work. Actually, no, not <laughs> never mind. Uh, the stream should take you there, but um, I'm gonna let Shane uh, wrap this up while I'm making sure that happens. <laughs> Oh right. Yeah. Ordinarily you could
0: um just hang out here and it would take you to there. And like I said, it's it's basically the low the low you mean you know, there's people who do support us um with um you know who who are associate producers or producers and that's a different tier. But for simply for two dollars ninety nine cents, you can come hang out with us in the member section where we a little looser, freer with our information. Uh Brian, did we get a little Streamlabs super chat?
1: Because it looks like somebody posted. Oh, we into did, yeah. Lab kenneth the rook on the buzzard he said he had the rook for ten dollars thank you kenneth he says for coffee
0: lol yes thank you brother we appreciate you so much and uh as much as coffee costs we're gonna need that 10 bucks so thank you sir (laughs) appreciate it uh but yeah come on over hang out with us and if of course if you don't hang out with us in the member section we will be here next thursday Keep your fingers crossed that we get remonetized so we can bring back our regular programming. Yeah,
1: we'll be applying um, again next week.
0: Yep. Yeah, if we're going to put a lot of effort into it, we need to be able to get compensated a little bit. And thank God you guys keep, uh, keep bringing some super chat so we can keep going. But um, yeah, we appreciate you. Uh, we love you. Hopefully, if we don't talk to you before, then we see you in Discord uh, where we're talking to people during the week. Um, come check us out over there. There's a link, I think, in the dropdown yep and um other than that, we love you, and we will catch you guys next week or in the member section.
1: See you then, guys. have a good one.